僕は今日も書きもして忘れない傷をつけてるんだよ You're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name's Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And today is our second part of our first impressions for the winter 2016 season. And, uh, yeah, we didn't get we didn't wrap it up all last time, so. Yeah, we kind of ended up taking a little bit longer than we were expecting. So hopefully this one doesn't turn out to be just an hour long. And it'll feel It'll be weird. five hours long. It'll be a little weird. And that'll be a little weird, too. <laughs> it has to be exactly, like, two hours and whatever minutes the last one was. I don't know what it was. Uh, but we just started with... Uh, Riri by Asian Kung Fu Generation, which is the erased OP, which everybody was very upset that I didn't put on our music podcast. Shame on you, Andrew. Because I said it was like 15 years old or something like that, so. It happens. I was about like 10 years old. But yeah, it's, uh, thanks to Miss, pointed out that it was technically a, like a re-recording, so it's technically new, but I still don't think it's new, so that's fine. Uh, it's a good song. I, I agree that it was a good song, just didn't didn't play it before. But anyways, let's let's move on because Erased is our first show that we're gonna talk about. Mm-hmm. We stopped last podcast, even though I wanted to get into Erased. We're like, no, we gotta we gotta stop. So. Well, don't you think that after last week's episode or this week's episode, it's kind of worth it? I mean, that was a pretty awesome little episode. Yeah. I had mixed feelings about the last episode. Oh, well. Which I, it's one of those things, it's like we technically can't really get into it because then that would kind of be spoiling the show. But uh, yeah, well, let's get into it. Erased, uh, which is currently streaming on Crunchyroll, Daisuke, and uh, Funimation. We're on episode five of it. And it's called Boku Dake Ga Inai Machi. Or I think the other translation is The Town Where Only I Am Missing. That's a better name than Erased, which. You can't even Google search. <laughs> you have to put erased anime or something like that. Uh, but anyways, it follows a guy named uh, Sotoru. He's a uh, he's in his twenties. He's a he's a working man. He's working in like a pizza place, and uh, he has a weird ability called revival that he calls it. Anyways, it's called revival. And what happens is whenever there's something that's like an accident happens around him, or something bad happens around him. It, he has a deja vu moment where it kind of, it kind of like he he temporarily jumps back in time, and relives the moment, and he has to figure out what's what's going amiss in the environment around him, and possibly put a stop to something. I heard somebody say that he has to, but I've I thought that he mentioned that he doesn't that whenever he does it, it's a bad thing for him. But we've only gotten like yeah, technically because we had we we've seen a couple of them already and. The first time, it was the he he basically he's driving his little uh his little bike with his pizza logos and everything and he's going to deliver something, and a truck drives past him. You see some kids walking across the street and then it kind of relapses and he sees a truck drive past him again. And he goes, "It's the truck driver. He's he's passed out or something." So he 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 starts driving towards the uh, the truck and he's telling the guy, "Wake up, wake up!" And there's a kid walking across the street, and he grabs the steering wheel and turns it. So he prevents this kid from getting hit. And that's the whole idea of the revival. 
But technically, a little bit later, he has another moment where he's walking with his mother, and he has a deja vu moment, and he goes, what's going, what's, what's amiss in here? He doesn't actually stop anything, so technically right there, we get the clue that, unless, like, way down the road, we get, well, like, some major I, whoosh to hear, which is everything is connected to that one moment when he was walking out in front of it with his, his I got I got the impression that they did change it. But it wasn't something that they specifically changed by... Yeah, because technically the guy drove away. Yeah, and the guy drove away. Maybe the mother watching him right. was the thing that fixed it. So maybe, yeah, maybe he is has to, but I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure. And that's the thing. I don't know that he does or does not because I, I haven't seen where he has actually gone through. I mean, like I said, it vaguely implies that the guy left the girl there because... Of the situation because they were they were searching around for what was changed, mm-hmm. but we don't know that that's what happened. So it, it's up in the air that he had whether or not he has to change anything. But we're, we're totally getting stuck on this one thing. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, following this whole moment, uh, something kind of bad happens around him, and the story takes a huge leap where he actually uh, is. He has this a revival uh, ability trigger and it takes him all the way back into when he was, he was in school, like way back when he was in middle school. Was it? Yeah. Like 15 years ago. He was like 10 years, 10 years old, I think. Yeah. Because uh, they keep pointing out that Kayo was 11 years old or she was turning 11. So yeah, they were all 10 years old. And that's the, the moment where you kind of start, well, of course before that and into this moment, you're kind of getting this whole huge picture of what happened when he was, when he was a kid there was in the town that he was at. There was a lot of kidnappings that were happening. Uh, I think they mentioned four total kids were kidnapped. And the more shocking thing was that one of his classmates uh, ended up being found dead in a park, buried by. Or she was, she was found dead in the park after the snow that was covering her had melted away, and they finally discovered her body. Um, so he kind of he's trying to figure out why he's there, and of course his his first thought is okay. There's this one girl who ended up dying. Maybe I'm supposed to prevent her death. So he's going through the process of trying to help this Kayohino Zuki uh, prevent her death from happening. And how she does that is basically trying to uh, get close. She's basically an outcast of the, the, the class. She's seen as a poor girl, and everybody teases her and mocks her. And she's kind of gotten the nature of being antisocial. And he's trying to kind of chisel away at her her berries that she has at the same time trying to get to know her more, bring her away from whatever she is normally. She, He says that he usually sees her out in the park where she is found dead later, uh, just standing there alone. So he's trying to help her in that regard. And it's kind of diving into what's happening around them. The You're, you're getting into each of the characters around them, the the, uh, the class or the uh, their teacher. Uh, he's uh, kind of trying to be better to his mother you have uh, all the classmates and uh, Hina's, or Kayo's mother. All these kind of things that are kind of coming together. And since I'm trying to dodge things so badly right now. Uh, because this is one of those shows that is one of those that you kind of want to go in kind of uh, fresh. Even me telling you that he goes way back in the past, which is something you kind of assume based off the PVs and the cover art. Uh, even that is one of those things that was kind of a cool turn of events. And seeing it unfold and how it's going to unfold is is kind of one of those things that I don't want to reveal, reveal too much. And what I've probably revealed is probably too much <laughs> to some people. Um, but it is a, it's a, a really cool series so far. It was one that 
Uh, we're kind of expecting to be a good series because it is the Noitama show. Uh, but more so because I'm liking the characters that they're developing. Uh, for the while there, it was kind of just him trying to connect with Kyo and... Uh, you're kind of getting to know each one of the characters around him. And I'm just like, I'm loving these characters. And I'm, and it makes you even more heartbroken, the idea that this Kayo girl uh, in his previous time had ended up dead. And you're just kind of getting connected to her and you're going, I don't want this to happen again. Just like with Satoru, as he, I mean, he never knew her before. And he's trying to get connected to her. And you're kind of with him in that regard of getting really attached to this girl. And I don't want nothing to happen to her. And as it gets more into like her family, you're kind of going, I want to protect this character. I want to protect this girl. And I think that's a special thing this show manages to kind of produce. Agree, disagree? I agree. I was going to give you a moment. It, it looks great. Um, and I, like like Andrew was saying, the fact that it's the Noi Tamina block, it's was the the show that we were, we were really looking forward to. Um, I like a lot of the interesting aspects that are going on here. Um, I... I just it's it's a it's a good show and I think that uh I think that everybody should be at least checking it out at least. Yeah, when I went, when I was doing the uh the uh most promising shows of the of the winter season, this is one of the ones that I was kind of saying if you ignore all like there's a lot of people out there like I'll just wait and see which ones pan out. This is one of the ones where you don't want really want to do that with. Of all these shows that I can suggest to you this season, this is the one that this is going to have the stuff in it that people are going to mention outside of it that's going to ruin it for you. This is the one that's going to probably have something really cool in it that you're you're not going to want to know about. It, somebody's going to post a picture saying this is the worst person in the world because he did this to this character. And you're going to go, I shouldn't, I, I probably shouldn't need to know this because that just spoils, like, who's the... Because the entire time they have Yuki who was, uh, who was basically sentenced for the abductions in the in his original time because they seen him as a that he was a bad guy they pinned it on him he and satoro was like i knew this yuki guy he was a good person he was a nice man and i knew for a fact that he didn't do it those kind of characters are the ones that you're you're not going to want to know if it turns out that they are the ones that are involved. You don't want to know. I mean, they're already kind of pegging a few people, and I would kind of mention them, but even then, even that would be spoilers. Not knowing who the culprits are, who ends up not making it in the end, is one of those things that you just want to come in and fresh and not have that information spoiled to you. So, right, it is definitely one that you you want to go in and watch it now and not. I mean, it could turn out that it ends up going. I, I mentioned before the the fifth episode was kind of one of those ones where it. I couldn't say a lot of reasons why it kind of, I I liked it, but at the same time it was kind of irksome because this is one of those shows that has a a build up that you're wanting a payoff and you're like I want the writer to do what the writer wants to do, but I need that payoff kind of thing and it that that moment's happening to me. Um, where I might have to accept whatever the writing has to tell me, but it's good in that regard. Like I said, it's it's good writing. It's a very beautiful show. Um, I like all the characters, and I want to protect Kyle. So, Hinazuki, <laughs> I want to protect Hinazuki. I want to protect uh, Sugita. She was she was one of the ones that was on the poster for being abducted that they showed early on, mm-hmm. and they never pay attention to her. And I'm like you gotta protect her too and i right. think her 
somebody related to her too was on that list as well. So I, I haven't seen that person either. Uh, but it's definitely one that I want to eventually do a, a a spoiler discussion on with like Rengar and stuff. So look forward to that. It, it's a good show that definitely would be fun to to do some spoiler cast for. So we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, definitely definitely recommend it. Go check it out. It's, it's, if, if no other shows you check out and you think that we're just full of it, that's the one to go check out. Just trust us on that one. If you don't trust us on any of the ones, <laughs> our next show we have is Ojisan to Marshmallow, which is uh, a short. It's a it's a was it three minute short? Three minute short. Best girl of the season. Marshmallow, yes. No. Marshmallow is not best girl. No. What the? That's Who's just best girl? that's the best accessory this season. That's not an accessory. Marshmallow <laughs> is is important. I even have marshmallow in our outline. I have. I know. I see that. Habahiro. I have Iori, and then I have Marshmallow. And there's some other girl there, but we haven't seen her yet. There, so. There's only three characters in the show. Marshmallow, Habahiro, and the other girl that we haven't seen yet. No. No? No. Who else are we talking about? I don't know what... Iori. Is the only important character in the no. show. No. Yes. She's just a stalker. She likes his young berries. <laughs> We're on episode five. This is streaming on Crunchyroll. It's Oji-san to Marshmallow. And yeah, it's about a guy named Habahiro, which, uh, much to my disdain, everybody calls Paul Mart the, of anime. And that kind of makes me not want to watch the show even every time I hear it. Um, but he's just a big, big jolly guy. He, 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 he works hard. Um, and he has this weird thing about marshmallows. He really likes them. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Marshmallows are good. And just as much as he likes his marshmallows, there's this girl named Iori that likes Habahiro. And that's what makes me a not lot. like Habahiro. Why? Because poor Iori wants to be with him. Iori's not waifu material. She's not... She is so waifu material. You're crazy. She's Because she only likes Habahiro. That's There's fine. no you in there. You can't... She can't be your waifu if all she care about is Habahiro. I can be Habahiro. <laughs> But anyway, she she knows his weakness, and so she constantly uses marshmallows to taunt him and try to get his attention and to, to make him notice her senpai. And that's pretty much the, the show, which is which is great. It's a very, very cute show. Um, really like like the interactions they have. Uh, Iori is kind of just a blast. She's not what I was expecting her to be coming into the show. <laughs> uh, she's a lot more forward than I would originally think. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying it so much. Yeah. Episode five made me cringe a little bit, but, uh, so far I've really liked it. It, it was, it was kind of one of those, we kind of expected this kind of, I, I like the way that Andrew said it is a little bit more forward than we were expecting because I mean, it was kind of one of those, we kind of figured it was this cute, uh, uh, playful type character, but she's like, you, you want this marshmallow? Come and give me a kiss, <laughs> type yeah. character, and that and it it, it, it totally took us for left. <laughs> yeah, that phone call was awesome. <laughs> it was it was one of those things that took us from left field, and we have enjoyed it ever since. So yeah, and she wants a baby really bad. She wants a baby. <laughs> she really wants his baby. She's awesome. I love her. Uh, but yeah, the episode five when she was kind of just like showing the side of her that when she, even when she's out with her friends all she's thinking about is Habahiro and I was like oh, okay that's a little bit more cringy that she's that obsessed with him get over it that she can't do anything she's, but she's him. still awesome <laughs> I didn't mean it that way by the way anyways let's move forward we got a Narn 9 Norn plus Nonette 
the uh, the show that was based off an Otome game, right? Yeah. It was, it was an Otome game, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. two at least. This one and, and, and Stride. Stride. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Norn 9. Norn plus Donet. Uh, it's on Hulu. It's one of the exclusives on Hulu. And we're on episode five. Even though we totally butchered watching episode four, we did episode five a lot <laughs> we more We didn't proper. miss anything. <laughs> no, it was a I'm sick and take care of me senpai thing. But yeah, this is a this is a show that takes board a uh, or takes place on a ship called Norn, and it travels around and possibly through time as they have kind of hinted at so far, and it goes to different locations and picks up gifted people. And we're we early on we're we're following Koharu, who is a girl who is kind of left abandoned and was awaiting the arrival of the ship because uh somebody that she knew that is no longer with her had told her that she would have to be at this this particular place at a particular time and wait for the ship's arrival. And so she's there, they come across her and they pick her up. And then when she's coming into the board, she's learning about the habitats they have in there, the living quarters, the different uh, individuals that are living there as well. And yeah, it becomes clear that every single one of these people in this ship all have some sort of ability. Uh, they all try to keep those abilities a secret to everybody else. They're, they're very secretive of their abilities. Um, because it's one, one of the members, uh, Sinria has kind of hinted at, uh, they believe at some point they're, they're going to be dropped off to different countries and serve in their armies or something like that. So they could at some point become enemies and they don't want that. And at some point, as they're kind of getting to know each other, another ship arrives, not a, really a full ship, but another, like a, some kind of flying aircraft arrives. And you come to realize there's another group that's trying to take certain members away, particularly members that would have useful abilities. And we haven't quite figured out yet what, that has to do with anything. Maybe there's a a group that sees that the system that they're in is broken and they want to break that system. Not 100% yet. Uh, because the focus has really been mostly so far about uh, Kakeru, who kind of seems like the main boy for Koharu. Uh, those two sign to, seem to be an item. And uh, a couple of the other members of the ship. And I did put this show as one of my most promising of winter early on. Uh, the first two episodes seem to have some kind of promise in there. Uh, I think it's a quite a, a, a beautiful world they've created so far. Uh, but techni- but sadly, so far, I don't think they've really done much with the characters. A lot of it's really been... Uh, I guess it's because they have so many characters they're trying to dive into. They're spending too many times doing flashbacks for each one of them, kind of hinting that each one of these people have some kind of issue, and each of the pairings have some kind of issue, and it hasn't really quite done anything really with it yet. Uh, there's a couple of the, the the pairings, which Chris has already kind of, you know, said the same thing earlier today when we watched the recent episode. Uh, Mikoto and Sakuya and uh, Akito and Nanami, those two pairings have some interesting elements behind them, I don't think there's enough there to warrant them both having the last three or four episodes, but hopefully those will pan out at something interesting. Uh, they've hinted at something about a sh- the the ship itself having another person on there. Uh, as the Sorata kid shows up after Koharu, he's a very young boy uh, that he's kind of seems to be unlo- revealing something in the background, but 
we haven't seen any of yet. So a lot of mysteries about the world, not enough Billy being revealed about the world, just a lot of the characters just intermingling and uh, also prospects of there being a mole within the ranks kind of thing. Yeah, it's it it it's very interesting group uh, show. I I I think that a lot of things involving the world seem to be very interesting. Some of the some of the characters back backgrounds seem a little bit interesting, but I I think that in 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 my from my perspective, what I'm I'm really seeing is you've got interesting group coupling here, an interesting coupling here, interesting world, interesting backstories of a couple of characters and then Koharu who not the brightest girl in the I world I wasn't going to go there and then you've got <laughs> Kakuru who is absolutely the most angsty just annoying character and everything is focused around these two characters yeah sometimes they delve into other characters but everything for the I it's almost like we're at what episode 5 mm mm-hmm. mhm it seems like three episodes has been focused on Koharu and Kakuru, and then yeah, a little bit, a half an episode on Mikoto, and half an episode on Nanami, and half an episode on Sorota, and then everybody else in the cast gets the last episode. So you got... <laughs> they kind of say hi every now and then. Yeah, everybody else walks by and says hi every once in a while. Um, well, there is that angsty, Senri, he... he, he kind of gets a little bit of extra time because he's angsty, you know. <laughs> he's just tired all the time. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with you. I was kind of trying to avoid it because that is really the bigger issue of the show. And we we spent the entire episode four making fun of this girl, and it's Koharu. Uh, she's like the, the main protagonist from Dance with Devils. She's just a... Why are you even here? There's nothing really to you. You... You've already played your card right off the bat that you have some real issue with your ability. And it just, they're not, these two characters, uh, Kohara and Kakaru, are not that interesting. And everybody else is more interesting than you are. Just get out of the way and we might actually enjoy something here. Episode 5, well, I wasn't really too on board with the whole fairy tale thing. It was a really interesting way they twisted the fairy tales up. It was It was entertaining. Episode 5 was probably the most entertaining episode of the entire season so far, just because these were characters that I was more interested in. Yeah. Granted, I, I still don't quite get a lot of their relationships. It at least was doing something different than, hey, Kakaru, I planted a flower and it's growing. I'm sorry I torched it's all a peach, yours. It's a peach tree. It's just, not a flower. Just not too interesting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it's... The, 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 yeah, I, I, don't misunderstand. I mean, I do think that the world is interesting. It's just that sometimes, especially with me, I'm very character-driven. So if I have characters that don't work for me, I tend to get turned off a lot quicker. And I'm giving this show a lot of leeway with these two characters, but they are focusing a lot on these two characters, so... I guess that's the, that's the problem. Is like, yeah, I'm I'm interested in the world. I like Makoto and Sakuya. I I really not liking what's happening between Nanami and and Akito, and the rest of it's just uh, like let's let's move on. Let's let's go do something else now, kind of thing. Um, so hopefully it'll turn around going forward. Maybe we'll get more interesting character developments happening. Uh, but so far, it's, it's been an okay show. It's not not torture. It's so funny because I'm pulling so hard for Nanami to get with their 
guy too. <laughs> Akito? It, it's like I I I want uh, her to break through shit. his ice shell. It's it's not that I like him. It's just that I want him to, want him to get over his crap so that she'll finally have what she wants. <laughs> She's just got Stockholm syndrome. Maybe you don't but need him. Not on me. Go with I, Sinri. He's always tired and and gloomy like and, you are. And, and he'll he'll say it. He won't for yeah, Sinri. Exactly. I hey, I'm fine with that. But at least give him. <laughs> He's give got a cool somebody. little tattoo under his eye too. He's a cool kid. <laughs> he had to pick those carrots. That was kind of funny. Ship somebody with my poor Nami. <laughs> Just not Akito. I call him Shiro because he's the voice of the Shiro from Fate's Day. And not Kakeru. I don't want her to be nowhere near Kakeru. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. He really doesn't want anybody touching his earring. Spoiler. Don't touch his earring. Oh my gosh, he slaps the lady's hand for it. Like, and she still oh, goes lady, back for get him. Over it. Get over it. Yeah, she had to do her trope. Wow, we had way too much fun with episode four. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, dumb as bricks. Dumb as bricks. Let's move forward. Let's go into the world of Girls Beyond the Wasteland or, or Girls Beyond the Youth Kuya, which is one of the other ones that is exclusive to Hulu. We're on episode five of it. It's called uh, Shoujo Tachi wa Koya wo Mezasu, which is a show that follows Hojo. And Hojo, I don't remember really anything special about him, but the fact that he wrote a really cool play that his his childhood friend Kobayakawa had played in, and it caught the interest of Kuroda. And Kuroda is the younger sister of somebody who is in the uh, like the the visual novel type, uh, shojo game, uh, industry, and so she has a fascination with creating her own game, and so she enlists Hojo to uh, write the script for her new shojo game that she wants to create, and that kind of develops into her. Well, technically, she took him on a date first to kind of prod him to find out if he is the perfect person for this, and so she kind of has him go and recruit other members to make a club to create a shoujo game. And so after bringing everybody in, Yuki, somebody who is very good at drawing, uh, Kai, who just wants to be there because he's there, uh, Kobayakawa, who is going to do the voicing, uh, Ando, who is a programmer, uh, bring them all together to create the shoujo game. And I really have nothing else besides that because so far the show hasn't really done anything for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, immediately off the bat, first episode, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like Sakano, but, yeah, it's, it's like Sakano, but, um, <laughs> but, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's like Sakano. <laughs> uh, Kobayakawa is cute, um, but yeah, it's not Sakano. It doesn't have the Sakano humor, it doesn't have the Sakano chemistry, it doesn't have the Sakano everything else, and that's really where I'm falling in, is... I think it's an okay show. It's not it's not painful to watch or anything. It's an okay show. But I was kind of hoping for more out of the show coming into it. Uh, I think a big part of it is that, for one, Kuroda is very boring. Um, it's obviously that she doesn't want to interact too much because my assumption from the very beginning, and it hasn't really been revealed yet, so don't, don't say it's a spoiler is that she doesn't want to do too much because her they might connect it to her brother or something like that. Uh, she doesn't want to get work people to do certain parts of it because it would be getting help from her brother or something like that. 
Kobikawa, she's kind of just the Genki fun. I have nothing to do besides cheer up the room, and that's about all she does, and that's great because I love her. Uh, and she's also voiced by the girl that did uh, Akane, which is another plus for me. Uh, Kai is creepy as hell. Every now and then he explodes in like some rage, but that's it. He's useless. They used Yuki at some point to create some really doofy drama that just really felt out of place. Like they were trying to rumble up some kind of drama. And now it's all about Ando and for like the second time so far in her selfishness. And yet they deal with her because they have no other program. They're they're not saying they need Ando because she's a good person or she's important to the team or that they're friends with her. They just... They need Ando because the, she's the only programmer. <laughs> That's kind of bad. Um, so yeah, I, I don't get... Th- the chemistry's not there. The It's kind of boring so far. It's just an okay show so far. I mean, it looks good for the most part. But nothing really grabbed me quite yet. Unfortunately. And I know there's a there's a love triangle that's happening that's kind of bothering me too. Um, on my side, I'm I'm enjoying the characters. I uh, I absolutely love Kurata. Uh, first episode just knocked it out of the park for me. I was just laughing so hard. But on on the downside, in the last few episodes, I don't want to say it has gotten to the point where it's um, like I said, I like the characters, but the problem is is that it feels like the group as a whole is not really going very far um they've kind of just they're they're in this meandering mode where they're not really yeah there's this little itsy bitsy drama here and there that they seem to blow up for some reason i i i'm i'm so mixed on ando and on all honesty i loved her episode i i this episode this last episode i loved it towards the end at the beginning, when they were actually fighting each other, it was like, okay, this is absolutely pointless. We've already done this fight before. Yeah, they keep Why are doing we it. fighting they keep again? doing it. And it's like she has their production. And that, that was my joke going into it. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's, it's like she has the club at hostage. And they're not addressing that fact. She did it once before. She did it again. Then she did it again. She does things selfishly. They say, stop it. She leaves, and they beg her to come back. And it's like, this doesn't seem like a good relationship at all. And they're making it out like everybody's happy at the end. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I'm, 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 I'm honestly hoping that the, we don't have this one more time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sh- shut it off. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be so t- irritated if they do it again. I, I don't mind her and Karada butting heads, and I, I, I get the, I, the concept is that they don't agree on anything. One is. Straight laced wants to get everything done the way it needs to be done. The you other one wants to, yeah, wants to have fun with this and use this as a way. And I see the 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 fact that the commonality is is that you need a little bit of both to to make it really good. I get that, um, but the problem is is that you can only play that card so many times, and they've already done it twice, and it's already an irritation. Um, like I said, the, the latter part where they went off, yeah, it was a little bit whimsical in a way, but I enjoyed it because it really was just fun and it just kind of captured who she was as a character. And I liked that. Um, so I, I mean, in, 
in some ways, I love this show. Some ways, I don't like this show, mostly because it feels like it's meandering a lot. But at the same time, it does have great characters that is pushing me through this show. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on the aspect of it definitely feels like they're just not really going anywhere. And that's really it's what it's been feeling like for the last maybe four episodes where it's just like, OK, let's what are we? Are we I, you don't quite see that there is a progression and the only real progression is, OK, now I'm going to start working or OK, now you can get started because I finished this and it's nothing, nothing really in between there. Um, but I, I just have to disagree with the, the character so far, just for me. The characters haven't really been doing it for me. Um, so hopefully that changes. I think the show has the potential of doing something interesting. And it definitely has the character set up to do something fun and interesting. I just think so far it's been a lot of really melodramatic stuff that just, why are we that upset about this? Stop. I don't really care about this argument. Move forward kind of thing. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, but yeah. Kawa is best girl. <laughs> Uh, moving forward, we're going to Divine Gate, the show nobody else is watching. Well, I would, I would, I would say Kurata is best girl. No, but she was great the first episode and does, has done nothing since. She had one joke in the first episode, and Chris oh, got a stop. kick out of it, as expected. Hoshikawa, what was his name? What was his name? Yeah, Hoshikawa. Has expected Hoshikawa. Has expected Hoshikawa. Has expected Hoshikawa. And she did a lot more just just because you didn't get her well, jokes. What else did she do? Did, just crazy. because you didn't get her jokes doesn't mean nothing. That was all she said. Well, the, yeah, the, the gift thing was kind of cute at the end. That was it. That was the only other joke. Divine Gate. I'm going to be the last word by going right into the next one because I'm the one that usually goes into the next ones. Divine Gate. Streaming on Funimation and Hulu. We're on episode five. And, yeah, this is a show about a divine gate that everybody in the entire world, well, most everybody in the world wants to obtain. Uh, we haven't really found anything about the divine gate so far. That's a weird part because we've been five episodes in and all we've really established so far is that everybody wants this gate. Everybody has issues. Everybody <laughs> thinks they're going to get to it. and Everybody has issues. And that there's something about it granting wishes, but... Nobody really has any proof of that. You would think that there would be some proof to it, but yeah. And then there's this World Council that is full of a bunch of people that are trying to work together to train to get to the gate, even though only one person gets to go to the gate. Everybody is working together to this gate. And yeah, everybody's got issues. Everybody's got issues. And we, we get flashbacks of segments of those issues every single episode for all the characters. And then this last episode, we got a narrator. Yeah, that was weird. Randomly, we get a narrator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if they did that for the first characters or not. Yeah, they did it in the middle of the new episode. But I don't know if they did it for, like, Akane and Midori. Yeah, in and... the middle of this episode, they were doing I don't, that. I didn't see them three. <laughs> Not, at the, not in the first no, episode, not in the first episode, in this episode, randomly, Akane goes, the, the boy notices this and this and this. Well, and no, like, I, mean the, I mean, the cool little silhouette thing with the words going through it. I don't remember them doing that thing. It was No, weird. it was when he was talking to the girl for some reason. Yeah, it was, it was a narrating. It just wasn't that cool little effect where they did a silhouette and everything. Anyways, wow. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's really. I mean, they kind of have this whole thing happening in the background with the World Council's leadership. I'm assuming, which has got like these 
Knights of the Round thing happening. Like the leader's name is Arthur, Arthur, and everybody else around him is kind of part of this this these Knights of the Round or whatever. And for some reason, they're all trying to help Arthur get to the Divine Gate, and he believes that he's got the tool to do that. And again, then every now and then these other people kind of show up out of nowhere, and I'm not sure who they are or where they're from, but they show up to talk to Arthur every now and then and tell him he's doing the wrong thing or something. Because he's got the crown from from the Cracker Jack box. Yes. Cracker Jack boxes. That's the way to get the Divine Gate and get your (laughs) wish granted. So yeah, I'm puzzled by this show so far. It looks cool. It's It's got an interesting style to it. Um, a couple of the, inter- the characters are kind of entertaining. I think the problem with this the show so far is that there's just they really only have this one divine gate thing that is really the only tool of the story, and everything else around that really is the characters. And the characters just so far really haven't done much besides everybody's got a really tragic past, and <laughs> that's, that's, everybody's that's got a past I, full of death and despair. That, and that's pretty much what it, what my real issue with the show is. I I like the characters. I, I think they're they're interesting and fun. Um, I, I I like the world. It's interesting. I like the 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 artwork is really great. Um, it, my biggest beef with this show is not believable drama points for all these characters. It is it's not that it, I guess I guess not believable drama points would be kind of stretching it. It's like they're trying to make this overly dark. Um, I guess in a way, kind of the same, the, the problem that you had with, uh, um, uh, with Wick Sauce, like it feels like they're over dramatizing everything. Right. They're trying to make it as dark as possible. And no, it's, it's like, like Midori's story. It was like, my gosh, something real bad went down in her past because she can't seem to forget that either. And it's just kind of like, okay, um, I guess so. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was that was pretty bad. I guess let's move on. <laughs> and then, and then, and that's the, the 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 biggest beef I have with this show is it's and constantly it's Alto. Not, is Alto the evil guy you think he is? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not as it's not as the tone is trying to force it dark, and it's not. If it was just kind of. Um, the girl going, oh, well, my, I, I had a friend that, you know, she did this and it, okay. And we move on. No, they have to turn it into a tragic backstory. Yeah, everybody and it's was like, kind of, everybody's this picking, what are you going to wish for? What are you going for the gate for? And you heard, she was like, oh, you know, like, oh my gosh, everything gets toned down. Everybody's relaxing at the party and she reveals everything kind of thing. Right. Like, can we just chat about it? The, 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 uh, kind of guy freaking out about the fact that the guy has post-traumatic stress. It's like, oh my gosh, seriously, you'd think that this kid has no clue about anything. And it, now, <laughs> now I, I know... wanted to save his boy. I, I know. He he obviously wanted to save his boy. He that could not cringe. do it. That was a cringe. I, I'm, I'm serious. And and it's like, okay. And the kid's get, like, I'm going to disown my dad for not coming towards a fire. And I get the idea that, okay, yeah, maybe I'm overblowing it because I it's but at the same time, there. This is this. This is the the. I guess the crux of my problem with the show. It's not the show itself is good. I like the show. I like the characters. I like the story. I don't like this 
over dramatizing of everything and making it it making it too dark when it doesn't yeah, really need to be it dark. doesn't really need to be that dark but the last episode was pretty dark but again that was it that was a lot of weird force stuff as well yeah then this last episode was probably the 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 tonally i guess uh like it was trying it was actually getting to the point where it actually fit the darkness of what they were trying to do yeah yeah it was it was it was probably the, the episode that actually had the better points to it versus the other four episodes that we've had so far um, but i think the, the the more sad thing to me is it's like there's so much more into this world that they have these advisors and stuff within the world council undine ifrit and sylph they're these advisors that have been dispatched from this this sky world and it's like i want to know about that stuff like i want to know what this world is made of of why they're all in this world council which i'm assuming eventually they're going to reveal that probably arthur is is trying to create energy get everybody built up so that he can sacrifice or some uh, some stupid thing like that i'm i'm assuming that's going to happen like that and I want to know more about this this world council. I want to know what what's the sky world and why are all these these uh you know these elements? Why are they here and what is their what is their benefit for being here? Why are they training these kids? What do they get out of this whole ordeal? Uh, who are these two guys that keep showing up in front of Arthur all the time? And where are they from? I mean, there's there's so many cool, interesting things in this world, and okay. we're just touching cool kids getting together, going to get the game. I I promise you, I will freak if. Okay, okay. What is it with Broody Boy and not being able to say, dang, I have a twin brother and he's doing all this crap that you're blaming me for? <laughs> Why is that such a hard thing to do? That was that was another one of those ones that keeps kind of just dragging out and you're like, <laughs> it's simple. Just tell them. <laughs> it was this entire episode. You got me on another one. The entire episode where this guy keeps asking Alto. Where's this guy? Or no, Alto's asking the guy, where's my brother? And the guy's like, oh, wait, I thought you were him. And then and then he's like, well, where's my brother? And he's like, he thought you were your brother. How is he going to know where your brother is? <laughs> he obviously does not know because his one person he thought was your brother is right in front of him. You. <laughs> it was, that was just dorky. And then we got, like android just like thrown into the mix like oh acquired okay <laughs> well, we're getting back in the bash again though. yeah it, it's it's an entertaining show it's it's going so far it's not painful to watch it's got an interesting world created just just need to do something with it <laughs> and the sad part about that is being based off a game mobile game is probably yeah it's probably that was probably the biggest curse that it had <laughs> yeah uh based off a, a mobile touch game Doing a pretty dang smash up job, I guess, because <laughs> it's not twenty four minutes of of discs sliding around on a screen and <laughs> divine gate for something. I don't know what it does. I just I just know it has sliding things and yeah, don't really get characters out of that. Let's move forward into the world of TMI, the animation. Mm, is that what it's called? I guess I could go with that. It's, it's please well, tell. Well, I'll just give you. I'll just give give you that little bit of. You gonna let my joke? Sit? I'm just gonna go ahead and let your joke go. Okay. I, I, you you go ahead and set oh, it there. Shoot it down. I'm not gonna shoot it down. Please tell me, Gakko Chan, which is streaming on Crunchyroll. We're on episode five, or it's uh Oshiete Gakko Chan, and uh, yeah, it's uh 
four minutes? I always guess on this, and then I drag it out. Seven minute long short. And yeah, we're on episode five. And yeah, it follows three girls. Gakko, who is kind of a Garu girl. She's just kind of uh, the, the type of girl who just gets all spruced up, girly, frilly hair, gets makeup all done every day. She's the, the, the beauty queen of the school, whatever. Uh, Otako, who is basically a nerdish type girl, uh, wears glasses, sweater, not really too set on how she looks. She's just kind of a geek. And then Ojo, who is the the kind of more prim, proper, and uh, kind of ditzy girl. A little bit airheadish, as they call her. And it just kind of, you just get skits over and over again um, throughout the entire seven minutes. And that's basically the, the gist of it. It's a comedy. And every segment usually starts out with a question, like they're doing a, like a questionnaire <laughs> kind of thing. And then the girls kind of act out something to, to answer that question in some weird way. Or not answer the question, but still make you question the question that you never would have asked to begin with. That's what it does good. Yeah, this is this this show is about the mysteries of the opposite sex or girls, which makes you do question the idea of who wrote this. <laughs> if, this is, if this is just uh, one of those things of like the woman comedy stand up comedy, or is it one of those? This is what my wife told me <laughs> kind of things. Um, but yeah, it is kind of one of those uh, the the views into really weird questions that. Probably guys in a classroom would be wanting to ask what the girls are doing. But and the girls be, would probably beat the, the crap the, out of them if they ever asked them something like that. Or, or opposite the idea that uh, you, you, the stuff that you probably didn't want to know. Often. Well, and that, that's really the thing of this show. It's like, for the most part, it is a, it's a funny show. Uh, it, is, it is very suggestive in many ca- cases. It is uh, getting into more personal things. So be aware of that coming into it. Um, and so I, I, I kind of find humor in those very awkward moments, those very, wow, I don't really need you to go into that. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's entertaining in that regard. And yeah, it's, it's got me laughing so far. It, 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 I, it, the, the first episode, I mean, I think that me and Andrew were both like, oh, Wow. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> and and it was very awkward humor, and it was like, I cannot believe they're going there. Second episode, we were kind of like, okay, I, I can see why this is working. And then third episode, it was pretty much, yeah, that was really awkward, but it is funny. I think that some people will take a huge amount of offense to it and write this off right away. Um, and some will just absolutely love it for what it is. Um, it's going to be one of those shows that you're either going to love or hate. I re- do really, truly, honestly see that. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's definitely one of those ones where the whole, you're going to know within the first few minutes if this is going to be for you or not. Because it's <laughs> going to probably offend you or it's going to be one of those things where you just get the awkward humor. Or you just laugh out crazy because it's just one of those, wow, I really didn't think they were going to go there. But they, they went there. Uh, so yeah, they totally that. went. They totally hit one one joke, and I was like, I can't believe they just went there. That was just wrong on all sorts of levels. <laughs> the uniform thing, I'll, the I'll, uh, uniform thing that was pretty okay, bad too. Okay, I, I just I just want to pose this one question for all those that are actually watching this show. Please 
send a comment on the forums or tweet me on Twitter. Put it in spoiler tag just, and make no, sure that you I, mention I just want, I just want you to say. I just want you to say, I got it or I didn't. But we watched episode five, and then we realized we missed episode four. So we watched episode four after that. <laughs> There's something in episode four that connects to episode five very clearly if you think about it. And I want to know if anybody caught it. Because it was a... I just I just started busting up laughing as we were watching episode four. <laughs> and then I finally point out to Chris, I'm like... After watching episode five, I really wonder how many people caught... I don't know if I should reveal that much. I don't no, want to. I don't, I don't think you should that reveal that much. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I watch that out. I watched episode four, and Andrew starts busting up laughing, and then I'm going, "What?" And he then he points out the fact, points out this uh, this item, and I was like, "It even took me a split second, but then I connected the dots on it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is just so wrong. That is so wrong." <laughs> And I know it's got to be connected. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But that's what's fun about that, I guess, is just, it's just wrong. A lot of it's just very, very wrong. And it's it's for you or not for you. Don't don't be upset if it's not for you. Just move on kind of thing. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I don't want to say it's potty humor, but it is body humor. And it Personal is. humor, body humor. It, yeah. And it is definitely humor. On a level that is, I don't know that women would find an amusement out of it. It's more, it's, I, I really see this geared towards guys who are just, I've always wondered about that. It's not like it's you're learning much. It, it's not like you're learning much, but in a way you kind of are. What I like about it, no, that's, that's what's wrong. It's What I like about it is like it could be written by a guy and I would totally get it because it doesn't really, it doesn't really ever say for definitive the question, the, the, it never definitively answers the questions. It always kind of just says, well, you would assume this and then they kind of joke about it. One of them gets embarrassed and they move on. Yeah. It never definitively says, well, it's true that when this happens, this happens, right? And they they ask Galko, and Galko goes, no, that can't be right. <laughs> I, loved, I loved the psychology question. That yes, was just that was epic the on so, so many levels. Because it was a, it was a, you're the only one in on the joke as they're telling the joke. <laughs> they don't even know what the joke is, and that's, that's what's great about it. Um, yeah, I also like, I also like the fact that it, it's usually only for Gakko, it, 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 which is kind of weird because Gakko gets most of the attention throughout the most of the show so far. Is they do a lot of that whole, uh, you assume this is what she's like, and then she always ends up kind of turning it around on you. Like, oh, you assume that she's probably, you know, the neighborhood bike or something, and she's like actually really nice. You know, she'd not like that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, like the, the Ponsu thing. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the jokes seem to center around her for some reason. Poor Ojo never gets any attention, and when she finally gets attention, she just totally makes a total embarrassment out of herself. <laughs> Poor baby, <laughs> that was so bad. Oh, nobody I goes to talk so about that. Watching her. it. <laughs> and that face just—I use them all I, the time. I, I loved, I loved the, the the that was one of the times that that red line going up the face kind of just perfect for her i was like, That's what I was like why baby? is anybody telling her shut up just quiet stop you're you're just stop <laughs> use them all the time uh let's move forward to uh the psycho boys yes the psycho boys on the taco spirit anime cast 
I love that we're getting a lot of good shorts this season. What, four? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Sucko Boys. It's on Crunchyroll. Crunch, Crunchy it's on Crunchyroll. We're on episode five of it so far. And there are seven-minute shorts. And it follows the Sucko Boys. Well, right off the bat, you're following Ishimoto, who is assigned a new job because she was in the art life for such a long time. Uh, she got tired of painting sculptures. Uh, so she went to go work at this idol management group. And she is assigned four busts of Hermes, Mars, Medici, and St. George. And now she must help these busts who are up-and-coming idols. And that is weird because they're statue busts. And they're singing and... And wooing the crowds. Georgie is staring at me. <laughs> he is. <laughs> the, well, technically on my screen, it looks like all of them but Mars is looking at you. And Mars is really interested in my in my chest. Yes. This is creepy. Nobody knows what we're talking about. We're talking about our outline <laughs> of pictures. But anyways, yeah. So that's, that's pretty much the gist of the show. That's the joke of the show. It's just these kind of statues that just kind of... George, sit around George and talk, is staring and at me. He's still looking at you. <laughs> and then they go to different locations, and th- the talk show was kind of funny, just doing the talk show thing. The talk show was uh, pretty funny. <laughs> I think the show really shines in random moments for me. Like, they have the whole scene where they're at the, the diner, and it just seems like the creators <laughs> are just having a blast sticking straws on their ears or... The, the, what the technically is supposed to be happening is that they're actually <laughs> eating or drinking what they have in front of them, but they're just kind of getting all over their faces. <laughs> I think at some point where DC has like straws on his ears and on his nose, coming out of his nose and everything, the it's just foam. <laughs> the foam. Yeah, just they're doing weird things to them, and then just every now and then they'll just be just sitting in a room <laughs> talking, and then they'll just be toppled over when they're upset <laughs> and you're kind of just wondering how are, are, are they moving is somebody i really want to know are is somebody moving them or are they just moving themselves you never see them move like you never see them physically move themselves but the screen changes and they're moved and it, it's, it's a mystery it's really smart humor i and it's dumb humor at the same time i love it because it is so unique i I don't know how else to describe it. It is, it's, it's quite the little gem that came out this season and I'm loving it and I can't wait to see more. I wouldn't go that far. I think it's, I think it's, I definitely do think it's unique. It's definitely a unique take on everything really. Um, and it does have some really good moments. Uh, but a lot of the, a lot of the time I'm clearly just kind of sitting there going, you could do so much more with this kind of stuff. Like they only recently with like St. George and Mars really dived into like, I thought, okay, you have all these characters and they're obviously statues of, you know, gods and stuff. Do something with that, that humor play off of who they were. And they've only recently started to actually do that kind of stuff. And I think that's where it kind of gets really clever. Getting the call from starts- uh, Athena. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Or just, or just playing off the idea of like Mars having all these women, and they're in the talk show, and the and the talk show lady's asking them, "Are you paying child support?" And he's like, "Well, I I really should start doing that." <laughs> it's like all this really goofy stuff. 
I mean, that that's really where the show shines, and I think that they should probably do more. Hopefully, I can't say they should. Hopefully, they do more of that, because I think that's where it's really crazy. And just the, the play off of the fact that they are technically busts is, is where it kind of shines. Um, but for me, it's kind of been up and down for me. Hopefully, hopefully it'll keep going up. But yeah, that's, that's Psycho Boys. The up and rising Psycho Boys. Let's move on to uh, Pandora in the Crimson Shell, which is streaming on Funimation and Hulu. We're on episode four. It's uh, Kokaku no Pandora, which takes place on the island metropolis of Kinakul, which uh, this girl Nene has recently decided to move to to live with her aunt. And Nene is actually an interesting case because she is a full bodied uh she's a she was a girl but she had an accident she was in an accident and so her entire body has basically been made into cybernetic uh so she's kind of mixed cyborg ish um and she quickly meets uzal and clarion who were born in the same ship uzal turns out to be one of the biggest scientists uh of that island and her kind of sidekick uh not sidekick but uh would you be like a partner, whatever? With her is her her cyborg Clarion, which didn't I mention that Clarion was also she's a full on robot, wasn't she? Yeah, but yeah, I thought she she's like actually Nene. she actually is a cyborg, and Nene is a um, yeah, she has a human brain, and everything, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, quickly something happens at the uh, when they get there. There's a quote unquote terrorist attack, and uh, Uzal gets separated from them. Nene is then be given the new ownership of Clarion. And so it kind of just follows Nene and Clarion as they... Nene kind of just goes about her life. Uh, she's trying to go to school there. Uh, <laughs> she wants world peace, which they keep pointing out. And just things start happening around them because mainly because they have Buer, who is like this really high-tech cybernetic brain thing that Uzal created. And... Her aunt wants it, and wow, I'm making no sense to the story whatsoever because it doesn't make any sense for anybody. So, it's just really about Nene living with Clarion on this island of Kanakul. So, yeah, and Clarion is Chris's Renge of this season. Yes, because <laughs> she has the same faces all the time. Mm-hmm. So, what are you enjoying it? <sighs> yes, I actually am. Um, but I'm enjoying it. In some odd ways. I don't know how to... Yes, I know that Please sounds elaborate. wrong. <laughs> on so on many one. levels. Um, I, I totally see Zal just popping out of some egg at the bottom of the water pool. Duh, took you long enough. <laughs> this is, to me, so old school comedy anime, in a way. It has that feel. And I... Outside of that, I don't know what else to describe it as because I I do enjoy the characters. I think they're adorable. I think that the hijinks is great. Um, I love the artwork on some cases. Other cases, like me and Andrew were talking the other night, it looks bad. Bad. Real bad. So it juggles back and forth. And I don't hate that. I, I really don't. But I do understand that... Some people will complain about it and whatever. I like some of the artwork. Sometimes it looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's a style of artwork to me that I do really enjoy. Um, I don't know what else to say because anything I really imply about... Because the humor is 
kind of hit and miss. Um, but I do think that it is an older style. It has an older style anime comedy anime feel to me. And that I think is probably why I'm enjoying it more. No, 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 no. Um, I will say that is a, not a good looking show. I do agree with Chris that it does have a style to it that I wish that they could have, you know, uh, monopolized. I mean, they have a really good style here that they could have done so much with it, but it just seems like they don't really want to put really anything into the show. Uh, the times where it does look good, I do realize that it's really a lot of reused cells, reused uh, clips, like the how to act. act I mean, that's one thing you should probably point out. It does kind of get a little bit etchy in the regard of whenever she activates herself and then activates herself she has to touch really under far under the belly button of clarion and not really down there but it's it's pretty much implied where she's kind of touching very yuri <laughs> just um, say that it, but it's not really it doesn't it hasn't really been too heavy on the yuri so far so it's just it's just a lot it's very etchy in that regard but the Outside of that, I mean, there's a lot of points where I have found humor in this show, but for the four episodes we've watched, it hasn't really done too much to make me laugh. It's just kind of just there. Uh, so this is kind of one of those shows that's kind of in the middle area where it's like, I don't think it's a bad show, but at the same time, it's not really doing anything too much. No, I don't think it's doing much of anything. Yeah. I, it really hasn't. It introduced the characters and then hijinks is really all it's done. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, and uh, Takumi is totally Windows Chun. <laughs> She's got a little Windows logo on her head. What can I say? Um, but yeah, every now and then it surprises me, and I just hope that it keeps doing that. But so far, it just really, it's just there. So I, it's one of those ones where I kind of debate if it should have been a short. Because every time I turn it on, I think it's going to be a short, and it turns out to be 24 minutes. Every single episode I click it, I think a short number duration is going to pop up on the screen. It's always 24 minutes. So it's like, I wonder if this is one of those ones where it just should have been a short, but definitely got a short budget. But, uh, yeah, it's there. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want this as a short. It's fine as it is. No, it, 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 it looks visually like it's a short. So maybe they were just like, you should probably go 24 episodes. And like, wait, we don't, you, you should go 24 episodes or 24 minute episodes. Uh, and if I see Bureau doing more of those third leg jokes, I'm going to scream. That They've guy. only done it once. Two times. I've seen two times. One was very subtle, but it was there. Uh, maybe I'm just looking for it. Gate, season two, is the next one we're going to talk about. And I'm going to yeah. show you I'm going to show you Diamond Adair, and then you can get over the whole Bureau does the little leg thing every once in a while. That doesn't change anything, the fact that that's doing the third leg thing. Why would you think showing anything? <laughs> because that is... <laughs> it's not that bad. It is. You can't no, say go this watch is more so this is no longer bad. <laughs> you can't say, i seen this visually and thus this is no longer a problem. Yes, that's still a problem. <laughs> a, guy, a guy hits a dog and then you say, well, this guy over here hit five dogs. You still hit... That guy still hit a dog. <laughs> You can't get yeah, my the, point. That is, no, you don't get yes. to do that. That they is different. No, that bad. is no. It is not. <laughs> Gate season two. <laughs> the Japanese self defense force fought their fire dragon arc. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be two different arcs, but I, I don't know Japanese. So, Gate, Jetai, Konoshi, Naitai. Well, it technically is going to be two arcs because we've yeah. 
Um, we're probably going to the next arc here soon. Nite Kaku Tate Teru second season. Uh, yeah, we're continuing on where we left off with the previous season, which, if you don't know, uh, a gate open in Japan, medieval stuff started flowing in, killing people, and Japanese self-defense force fought him back and then went through the gate because they didn't want to destroy it and thinking it was going to pop up somewhere else. On the other side, they come to a parallel world where it is medieval times and there's dragons, goblins, and and cat girls and, and elves and, and Rory Mercury's and, and yeah, just a primitive style versus, you know, current times. And so, yeah, the military really just wipes the floor with any kind of opposition. And it's just going more into, and as we're kind of leaving the first season, the Japanese government was trying to make some kind of connection with the citizens of that world trying to have peace talks with uh, the ruling empire there. And that's kind of where we kick off with the season. You still have them working on uh, making a connection with the council, hoping that they would be able to uh, get in with the council to create a treaty between the two. And that's where things kind of go downhill, as you kind of see certain things that are working behind the scenes. And then you also have... Uh, the Dark Elf from the end of the last season who was trying to get the Japanese Self-Defense Force to help kill a fire dragon who is basically eating all of her people. And that's that's where we're kind of kicking off at. And yeah, it was epic seeing that battle finally here in the last few episodes. Um, and it's, it's, the same, it's the same gate I've always enjoyed. I think I agree with a lot of people in saying that this season seems to be a lot darker than the first season. And that's not to say that it's not as it is more violent because the first season was technically a lot of people getting mowed down. It was it was the two fronts hitting heads against each other, and this is more where we're kind of going. Okay, now the the blood is soaked into the ground, the dust has settled. What are we gonna do now? So it's not it's not as less violent in that regard. It's more you're getting more closer, you're getting more grittier stuff happening, you're getting more. Uh, abusive things happening that you're kind of seeing the a lot of colors to a lot of characters that really didn't get to see in the first season because it was a lot of, like I said, two armies head to head. And I think that's what's been really great about the season. It's, it's not holding anything back. Uh, I was, I was joking with on the forums and with Chris at this idea of early on in the season, it had a moment where usually in any other storytelling, when, this group comes into the throne room of the bad guy and they see something that was, that is very upsetting to them. You normally have that moment of, we can't do anything yet. Just wait. We'll do it. We'll deal with it later. No, it's like things happen in that throne room that you just, okay, that just happened. All right. We're going there. Awesome. I am. I'm happy. You're not going to do the trope. We have to wait until later. Don't do anything yet. They just get it done, and that and that stuff. That's the that's the kind of writing and the kind of action, the kind of uh, forward moving that the show does that I just really really like. And uh, yeah, Rory's best girl. I just throw that in there because I know people really hate when people say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard the pooping of like, oh gate this gate because Rory Mercury. Bleh. It's like now I just now I now every time I talk about gate, I'm going to say because Rory Mercury just annoy them. <laughs> Because she is well, awesome. That last episode just took it and and just made everything about it just 
you know why you love this show, and she just came on out with. <laughs> well, and Rory, like other characters, is constantly of surprising. Lately, just surprising me. Pina surprised me in this season. Uh, my gosh. Kuribayashi. Uh, Kuribayashi surprised blew me the hell away out of me. in her episode. Uh, Tule surprised the hell out of me. Uh, even Yanagiri, Yanagira, the, this, 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 this kind of guy that's always behind the desk kind of guy surprised me. Rory Mercury surprised me. Tuka, Tuka. surprised me. <laughs> Every single character surprises me. They always do something Lele. that fits their character that is just goes beyond what they would normally do that would make them stand out. It's like you're too afraid of too many characters standing out too many times. And that's what's great about it. Yeah. I just love it. it. Just, this show has it I'm okay, it takes yeah, we 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 we've we've had shows where we've kind of joked around about the overpowered characters. But even with this show, even if a character is overpowered, it's not like they come out and just it's not like they revel in it. It's not like you you see a a vulnerability in every character even if, even Rory in 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 some cases is very vulnerable and yet at the same time when it's her time to shine, she shines. Like Andrew was saying when Tuka Tuka has been for the last several episodes we've she's i'm gonna say unavailable for those of who's watched the show they know what i'm talking about and those of you who don't i don't want to i don't want to spoil anything for you so go in and enjoy the show um but tuka has been unavailable and when she became available she rocked it and she knocked it out of the park lele when she got to shine, she took her her stuff and she blew. And that's the thing that 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 I'm trying to kind of explain is, even if they're flawed, they come out and when it's time their time to shine, they blow it out of the park. And that's what I love about this show. It's not, yeah, we 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 like to play on the the Rory Mercury thing, but Rory Mercury is not the entire show. We, I mean, we like to make her the entire yeah, she's show, only had but two scenes. <laughs> she's been pretty much yeah. having like two scenes this entire season so far, and and she is an awesome character, and I love to just fanboy out about Rory Mercury. But when it comes down to it, she is not the entire show. This is a like Andrew was saying, this is a dark show. It's been dark the entire the entire thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of light light hearted uh, things in here, but. If you think that this show is not dark, you're not paying attention to what's going on in this show. Um, you're too busy worrying about the fact that it might be a harem, right? It's it, it's it's not. I mean, I guess in some kind of weird, twisted way, if you really want to make it into a harem, yeah, you could make it a harem, but it's not. The only it's, harem aspect is that every now and then, Tommy has a few cute girls with him, but by our definition of a harem. <laughs> maybe Rory's after him, but she's just interested in him, but nobody really likes him. Yeah. I mean, you could make the case for Rory. You could make the case for Pina. You may be able to, you'd be pushing it, but you may be able to push, uh, make the case for Lele and you really, really have to stretch to make a case for Tuca. And I guess a possibly a couple of the soldier girls, but that's, you have to really, you have to stretch to get those characters 
The only one that has actually shown any true interest in Itami is Rory. And that's it. And it's not really a love thing. It's, just it's that she more just, she's teasing she's him. She's interested in him. She's interested in him, him and him she teases him. He's that's the guy it. that helped this group take out this dragon. He's interesting kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, she's lived a long time, and she's now suddenly there's a bunch of green people in her world. She's going to be interested in them. She got, she's she's explored everything else in this world. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's something new in the world. It's going to be interesting. That's what's cool is to have that element of... They're explaining each character. Rory's interested in them because she's lived so long well, and this it, is something new. And also... Tuka, because she's a casualty of war. Lele, she's a casualty of war, but she's also finding interest in mixing magic with biological knowledge that our world has. Uh, Pina Colotic is interested because she wants to see a peace happen. Kurabayashi is, inter- is there because she is part of his team. Everybody has a reason. And that's, and it has a drive. So it's a perfect harem. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 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 and I mean, it, taking, taking Rory to another level is technically she's a demigod and she has something to do with that. They, they've kind of explained it, but they yeah, haven't totally explained it. She's, she's connected to the war. She, bloodshed. To bloodshed. When, when death happens around her, it stimulates has her. an effect on her. Stimulates her. <laughs> and, because they're military, there's a lot of death around them. <laughs> Not to mention, she's attracted to strong or strength. And so Itami kind of is just the embodiment of everything she's interested in as far as the green people are concerned. So, I mean, yeah, I I, I love this show. It, it's, 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 it's really well done. I love it. What I kind of pointed out on the forums as well, in regard to this, as it was it was kicking off this season, is I I really like in our in our thread for it. There's just so much discussion about all these elements that it pokes at that normally, what the way I pointed out is it's one of those stories that definitely tests what people will allow a writer to do. There's always like there's there's a there's a scene early on that people would describe as being a rape scene, and it is one of many other uh, questions that, and there's there's the element of, is it right to gun down all these soldiers who all they're doing is bringing up their shields? I mean, this show brings up so many questions that people will, it upsets them that this, the writer went that way, but it's what the writer chose to do with that story that it's fascinating that this, this is testing so many elements that what people will allow a story to allow. We, we've talked about it before of trying to put our own beliefs or whatever aside when watching a show, a show that might be religiously against you, not allow, not letting it offend you, but just watch it to hear what the storyteller was, was looking to tell. And this is one of those ones that just tests a lot of them, political, military uh, sexual, um, moral, all these elements. What are you going to allow to offend you, or what are you wanting to watch? I'm not saying it's going to it's going to offend everybody. I'm just saying that you might find it offensive if you allow it to offend you, kind of things. And I like that about it. And the discussion we've been having on the forums have been really nice to see, even if there's so many varying perspectives on all these aspects, they're still enjoying it, and that's what's cool. Enjoying it together as well. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Definitely recommend it. If you haven't watched the first season, go watch it. it. It's a good series, and I'm 
I'm gonna be sad if it doesn't conclude. It's gonna have to conclude eventually from this season, and I know it's gonna, it's gonna keep going. So we'll see. All right, let's move on to the show that everybody's been waiting for. Have they? Yep. Are you sure? Maybe. I'm not sure. I think I'm, I'm really, really not sure. I, it's been kind of settling it's down. Been, it's been pretty pretty well received. So, well, that, that's we'll get into that. Show again, Roku, Rakugo, Shinju, which is currently streaming on Crunchyroll. We're on episode five of it. Uh, this one takes place in the Showa period. Uh, early on, we're, we we kind of get a glimpse of a guy that is named Yotaro. It's not. I don't think it's real. His real name. It's Yotaro. Is like a Rakugo meaning for like idiot or something like that. Uh, but he's an ex-prisoner. He just uh, got out of prison. He's got nowhere else to go. He is dead set on going to meet this guy uh, named Yakumo, who is an 8th gen Rakugo performer. And he was, like, just sold on this guy when he performed at the prison a, long t- a while back. Uh, a, a little rendition of Rakugo. And uh, was it Shingami or something like that was the Rakugo that he performed? I don't remember. I think it was Shingami or something like that. Yeah, Shingami. And he wanted he wants to be Yakumo's uh, apprentice. He wants to learn Rakugo, and he's he's dead set on that uh, as he starts his new life from being a criminal before into his new life. And uh, Yakumo just decides on a whim that he's okay. He, he's going to bring him on as his apprentice. He's uh, never taken on an apprentice before. right before. Yeah, so that's what's kind of weird about it. Um, going back home, you meet uh, Konatsu, who is uh, the daughter of a friend of Yakumo's, who is living with Yakumo. Uh, he promised to take care of her. And so the two of them, the pri- this ex-prisoner Yatoro and Konatsu, uh, pretty much come to the conclusion they're going to have Yakumo teach them Rakugo. And if you don't know what Rakugo is, it's basically uh, it's a traditional style of entertainment where a performer will go onto a stage, get on their knees and on a pillow. They are only equipped with a fan and a cloth, and that's the only thing they're equipped with. And then they perform a story, basically. They either, they either tell some uh, really deep, dark story. They tell a uh, comedic story. And they do everything themselves. They perform all the voices. Uh, each character is only distinguished by a change of tone of voice and the way they, they turn their faces. It's all done by that one performer. And that's that's basically what Rakurugo is. And uh, really quickly, after this really long first episode, we got like a, a two-episode-length episode one, uh, it decides to jump back in time to when Yakumo, uh, when he's a very young child, he got injured, and he pretty much got abandoned by his family, given to a seventh-generation Rakugo performer, uh, Yakumo, who basically uh, teaches them... I just realized he got the same name. Uh, teaches them... Uh, how to perform or how to how to do Rakugo. And uh, he's joined by Yotaro, who is a, kind of a scamp in the neighborhood, uh, also wants to be his apprentice. And he joins with them, and they learn Rakugo growing up in this age. And that, that's basically how the story starts, and it kind of continues on there as you kind of join them throughout their lives and all the things they go through during their lives and uh, as they learn to be... Rakugo performers or struggle if they're going to be Rakugo performers or not. And that's kind of the, the 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 story and the gist. And it's been a really great ride so far. I we kind of joke about it pretty much every single episode that it just it just this show feels like a movie that just keeps cutting off and we want the next movie to come <laughs> out. Um because it doesn't 
it doesn't rush anything. It's it's taking its time to introduce you to each of the characters. You're you're experiencing their downfalls and their uprises as they go through their lifetime, and it's just a it's a very soothing story to go through. And I think the thing that makes this show shine the most is besides these really good characters that I'm really interested in seeing how they progress and how they develop their successes and everything is the Rakugo itself. I don't see myself having ever turned on any television show and seeing a subtitled version of Rakugo being performed and being absorbed in wanting to watch them. It's the last thing I could ever think of wanting to watch. But when I'm watching these guys perform, what's great about it is that I'm it it does a, a great job in showing you everything that's happening in the character, what they're seeing, what they're going through. Uh, they had like an early performance by Yakumo, and he's like the entire time he's stressed out. You can see the sweat or the 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 dampness of his legs because he's sweating so much. You can see the the sweat pouring down his the side of his face. You can tell that he's not doing a jo- good job based on the it's showing you the audience that's not engaged. the The tone of his voice is not shifting properly. He does sound nervous. And it's, you could just tell that it's not working. But even if it is a story that's not being told properly, it is still entertaining the idea that you're watching the struggle that he's having the entire time. And then you have this transition to Yatoro coming out, and he is just, he knocks down the crowd, and it's just a hilarious story that he's telling. He's got so much enthusiasm. A lot of it has to do with the voice acting that's going into it. And just like I said, the, the how they're portraying the, the person as they're performing it, it just works so dang well. And easily in this last episode, episode five, they had this kind of moment of uh, one of the characters kind of finding and rediscovering what they enjoy about performing. And the way that they did that was a just a spectacular episode of this performance that they they kind of this play that they do and it just it just, it, it knocked it out of the park for me it was like i said it's like a movie every single episode and i love getting entrenched in this rakugo world i love getting entrenched in this this show a period of time uh getting into the they kind of even have elements of they're in this world they're doing the rakugo performance and then there's just the world around them is is kind of warping along with them. There's the the war that's happening, the the sanctions that are kind of being put onto them that's making them struggle to show up performance or performers. It, it because there's there's certain things they they even have like this list of you can only do these performances because they're approved uh, by the government. I mean, there's all these things that kind of get thrown in there that just you're seeing the characters have to deal with, and just it all it feels. Like, like I said, a movie, it feels like a real scenario. It feels like a real story. Uh, none of it's really fantastical. It's just a really down-to-earth, great little slice-of-life story so far. I absolutely adore this show. I uh, I love each of the characters. I absolutely feel like, at the end of it, I'm, I'm just so sucked up in this show that when it cuts off, I'm absolutely kicked out of the story. And I'm like... Whoa, wait, I was watching a story. <laughs> I I think that that is where the show truly shines is I'm so sucked up in it that I'm literally not kicked out of it until the end of it. And it's like absolutely a brick wall. I've just 
been kicked out. And I don't want this to stop. Please make it longer. <laughs> I, if you can't guess, I'm I'm totally on board with this. And I I mean I I'm telling everybody, you guys got to go check this out. It is very slow, um, but it's such a compelling story, such great characters, such a just an easy cast to just want to know what is the next part of this story. I I'm absolutely dumbfounded that this is one of the one of the studios that I had nearly completely written off. I mean, the fact that this is Dean is just blows me away. Um but I love this show. I I highly recommend if you guys are not watching this, you're really really cheating yourself out of something special. I just finally realized what I was messing up on. I said Yatro for both those guys, and the one that performed the really funny one was actually uh, Sukeroku, which is like the the big awesome performer that they keep kind of hinting at early on. But he's just he's got so much enthusiasm in his performances. It's just every single one of them that he does is like, oh yes, he's doing it again. Like they just have like a, a random let's let's do a, a Rakugo right now. Show me this one, and he just starts performing. I'm just going here we go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a telling thing that in every single one of these episodes, like even with the first episode being as long as it was, it was like, there's never a moment where I'm going, uh, I'm looking at a clock or something like that. Like it, it, how far are we into this? I mean, is it almost done yet? Kind of thing. It's, it's just it in contrast to a lot of, a, a few shows this season. It's like, I just, I want it to keep going and I'm not fidgeting at all. I'm just, I'm absorbed in what's going on on the screen. So uh, it's definitely a, a a show that I think everybody shouldn't miss. I don't think it's going to have anything that's going to be like, oh, you shouldn't know about this spoilers kind of stuff. But it's just one of those ones where you sh- go watch this because this is one of those ones that's a, a once in a year type show for anime. And that's uh, something a lot of people shouldn't miss, especially if you're one of those people that like, oh, I think that everything else is the same thing over and over again. This is like something that's <laughs> not like anything else. So. No tropes in here. There's no overused elements. This is just a story about Rakugo, and it's doing the portrayal of it so well. So definitely, definitely a suggestion. Um, I think if you probably anywhere in the in the, the world of anime sphere, you're probably hearing about it anyways, so you should be watching anyways. So. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping that we would be the ones that would be picking the, the sleeper, but apparently a couple of other podcasts <laughs> picked it up too. Darn it! Everybody's seen it coming from a mile away. Um, but it didn't turn out to be like I thought I would. Like, we were looking into the when the, we did the preview, we were like, wow, the writers like, all of their stuff is like BL stuff, so maybe this is going to get into that, and it's like oh, they've really been kind of keeping away from that yeah. stuff, so... That was an interesting turn of. I mean, I can of, see people shipping the two of them. Oh, there's but. a lot of there. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that. A lot of a lot of people that I see like every time something possibly yaoi happens, they're tweeting about it. And it's like, yeah, the grabbing the lips. <gasps> oh, I'm burning up. Like really, I didn't get that from that part. But One okay. of them cross dressed. <laughs> I bet that was big on there. Uh, let's move on to. Uh, can we skip that one? I, I'm I'm on board with it. You're on board with talking about it or skipping it? I, either way. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Star Online 2, which is currently streaming on Crunchyroll. We're on episode four of it. Um Yeah, this is a this is a show about 
Fantasy Star Online too. Basically, is what it is. It's a uh, basically this kid named uh, Tachibana. Uh, he is going to the school, which is like a Sega school, and there's brandings of e- Sega everywhere. I think it's even called Sega High or something like that. Uh, they have a big O Sonic logo in the middle of the school, and the student I, council. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. Okay, I'm of two minds. Okay, the student council president. She is adorable. But would you want her as your student council president or would you want to fire her as your student council president? Because <laughs> if the worst thing that she's worrying about is people playing Fantasy Star Online in her... No, no, it's not I, the point. You, I, haven't, you I, haven't let me get to that but, point but, yet. But see, so but see should she be a here? student council president if that's what she's worrying about? Or... Um, do you think she's an awesome student council president because she's having studies on Fantasy Star Online? You're not even getting the purpose of why she's doing it. See, what happens <laughs> is at some point, Tachibana catches the attention of the student council president, Suzuki, and he she basically brings him into the student council office and says, I want you to be part of the student council. He's like, okay, sure. Um, but she chose him particularly because he is... A hard worker he he hits on the details um but she immediately assigns him to go play some fantasy star online too and so he goes home and plays some fantasy star online too and the thing is is she wants to report back from him at all the time she wants him to continue playing this game and report back to him but also never neglecting her studies because she's doing something about where Apparently, they're trying to ban anybody from playing Fantasy Star Online 2, so she wants to see, uh, basically, that people can play this, have social interactions, but still attend school so that it won't be banned. And that's why she's having him do that. She's she's needing reports to find out if this is truly something that's beneficial to the students and not a... And also because she wants somebody in her party. Yes, that's too. Well, no, she's a she's a she's a she's a loner. She doesn't like playing with other people. And we, I guess we technically that's spoiler. That. We we discover that she she has trouble with playing with others. Um, but yeah, it's it's a big, huge, fat advertising for Fantasy Star Online too. I'm sorry, it's it's all this show is. It, every episode is basically this is how you get started in this game. This is what playing with other people's is. This is what they call this health potion thing in the game. This is a troll. If and you're in a party, you, a you should health part or you should help pot your buddies. By the way, there's a convention you can go to too, where everybody <laughs> gets together and they meet each other from outside the game. I mean, it's dumb in that regard because it's just it's funny because every two seconds when something bad happens regarding it, it's like. My gosh, don't they see that this could possibly scare somebody from, like, the troll thing? I'm like, wow, they're going into trolls because that basically shows that you can be griefed by people in this game. Why would you want to highlight that? Wasn't that wasn't a bad troll, honestly. <laughs> a terrible troll. Kick him from the party, move on. <laughs> yeah, just move on. We, we've experienced that before. Move on kind of thing. Um, I will say... Uh, One of the good things about having your own healer and then having your own uh, DPS and me be the tank is that's three out of five people. You, you've you got the majority. You can kick anybody. Nobody can touch you. So, <laughs> Yeah, unless you're a DPS and you have to deal with that kind of stuff and you don't, you can't whine. Anyways, well, um, we're advertising other MMOs right now. <laughs> 
it has a few moments here and there where I'm like, oh, that made me smile. That was kind of cute. But for the most part, this show is kind of what I was expecting it to be, which is the Gunslinger Stratos of this season. Now, I won't say for the same reasons, because Gunslinger Stratos I hated because at some point it got really annoying to me in the storyline. This one is just because every episode is nothing but saying, here's a game that technically Americans can't even play. So it's like, here's a game. The game's here. Hi, look at this game. A big, huge advertisement, like I said. So, yeah. I, I there's Like I said, there's a few cute parts in it, but so it's kind of difficult to even suggest because it doesn't really have much of value there. And it's got a lot of UCG. Eh, I... I... There's a couple of cute characters and I a lot of people playing a game that I really don't have much interest in and it's I I, I hate to sound super negative on it because like I said there's a couple of cute characters but it's it's not really doing anything special right now so I'm I'm just taking it for what it is. My gosh, that episode, that last episode with that huge drama and somebody might be in danger and then that ending maybe want to hit something. <laughs> uh, Luck and Logic's our next one. I can talk good about this one. I love it. The one with the one with uh, Chris's favorite uh, voice actor in it. Slain Troyart. Never mind. Luck- I quit. <laughs> Luck and Logic is currently streaming on Funimation, Hulu, and Daisuke. It is on, we're on episode four so far. Uh, episode five's up and I kind of really wanted to watch it because I really liked episode four so it kind of I'm, I'm turning around on this one. Uh, but this is in the world of Septia. Uh, it is governed by basically gifted... Uh, it's, it's, gov- it's governing forces are trying to get uh, gifted people, which are known as logicalists, uh, to work for this ALCA group. And essentially what a, a logicalist is, is people that are gifted with the ability to uh, tra- uh, do this trance with... Uh, Essentially, goddesses from another world. There's this other world where they kind of hint, discussed here and there about this. There's an, this other world where something went down, and basically, people are having to. These goddesses are coming down to Earth to join up with these humans, the, these lo- these logicalists, and fight these uh, Majins who are fleeing to this this human world. And so, every now and then, these gates will open. These these Majins will come down to Earth. They usually have a threat level to them that the the ALCA can um, assign to them, and then they dispatch logicalists with their goddesses to go trance and fight against these things, and put a stop to them. And usually, whenever these Majins come down, they'll they kind of corrupt an area, and anybody that's in that area kind of gets absorbed into it, and so they have to kind of take them down quickly. Uh, isolate the area, get everybody out of the location and take them down as quick as possible. Sometimes they can flee and they'll have to kind of wait until they reappear. Um, that's kind of the thing that they're kind of dealing with. Uh, we're joint, we joined quickly with, uh, Shurugi, who is, was a logicalist once before. Um, but after doing like this really very advanced version of trance, uh, he lost his card, which is these cards are required for logicalists to kind of trance with their, their goddesses. And at some point, this lady shows up named Athena. And Athena had found his card and brought it to him because she uh, seen something in Tsurugi that she wanted desperately to be, uh, to join with him, to be her his partner. 
And so you kind of go with them as he goes back into the ALCA, which he has long left before because he couldn't be a logicalist. And you're meeting the the current crew that they have there and going with them as they go out and fight these Majins as they appear. And here recently, we were kind of getting hints that one of the more dangerous of these uh, kind of forces is coming to uh, their area. And it's like a 9.8, which is like a very, very dangerous one for them to face. Um, yeah, I, this show has been entertaining throughout the entire thing. It's not like it's doing anything to particularly annoy me at any point. Um, I was a little bit turned off by the CG early on, but it's kind of grown on me. I'm kind of accepting at this point. It never does anything that is completely offensive with the CG. So I kind of just work with it. And I like the elements they have in the, the show. I like the whole logicalists and the goddesses and the, how they trance together and fight um, I like a lot of the style to a lot of the characters, uh, especially like Chloe um, and Mana. Really cool little character designs, especially when they do their trances. Really cool stuff. You don't like Urine's, uh, uh magical girl? Yeah, a little mix on it. A little mix on it. I, I do love I like her it. because she's <laughs> voiced by the same girl that is Rory, so that's that's a plus for her. But yeah, it's it's a it's not like it's doing anything ever offensive to me. It's, it's entertaining. It's always kind of fun and upbeat whenever they go into the action scenes. And like I said, the episode four, I felt was like a really strong episode for me. I liked watching Chloe do her little thing, the kind of uh, backfiring that that happens with her between her and Yurine, seeing their past, seeing them kind of overcoming in the end. Um, so it kind of showed me that this show does a really good job of not getting too deep with the characters, still kind of remaining fun while at the same time giving you some pretty cool action to go along with it, even if it is mostly CG. Um, so it's an enjoyable show. I don't. I don't think it has anything down about it. It's just a. It's, a, it's like when the, when I say a lot of times where there's these kind of shows where they're in the middle area. This is kind of just a little above there. It's 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 still it's still got a lot going for it that entertains me for, for the most part. Um, I I absolutely adore the cast of this sh- this show. I uh, each one of them brings something interesting to the table, and and a lot of a lot of the interactions are a lot of fun. Um. I I kind of find the world interesting, um, but in the process of trying to kind of just move along, it it's starting to feel like it's meandering right about now. I, yeah, I, it's turning into monster prep. Yeah, so let's, let's delve into a character. And and I at this point, I really kind of want to start seeing some true thing. And and there is this kind of element that, like Andrew was saying, the nine point eight kind of showing up last episode and they were talking about maybe finding it this episode and then the reveal at the end of this episode. So hopefully our, our 9.8 is going to kind of make Lucifer. a, yeah, Lucifer. Well, I was kind of holding that back, but, <laughs> but yeah, it, once, once I think that one's going to become a little bit more heavy and then we're going to actually get moving into the, the true meat of the story. So unless they do a, uh, well, the, an onsen episode next episode the unfortunate thing <laughs> is this kind of runs in the same category as divine gate whether this is also based off of a card game so it's like i at I least realized with this one. after the first episode that there really isn't really much there they can dive into they do have the whole thing where yeah there are these goddesses that were from this other world and these majins invaded it and now they're kind of fling into this world and now they're kind of this is the new battlefront that whole thing might have something in there, but unfortunately, I don't think there really is anything in there. 
Well, at least with this one, it's not trying to over overdo things. And it's, it's not just constantly it's, hitting yeah. on it and saying, well, let's drag this back up, even though we're not going to explore it. Yeah. <laughs> Divine Gate again. What about it? Nothing. Move on. <laughs> wait, we're not ready for that wait, yet. <laughs> you were going to talk about the Divine Gate. You said you were. You, you lied we're to me. We're not ready yet. <laughs> this one's just kind of like, we're here. Let's let's do this kind of thing. Here's the characters. Let's have fun kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Moving forward, let's go into Dimension W. Yes. Best robot girl of the season. Okay. That's all we got. Moving forward. <laughs> uh, this is in the year 2072. As I tell you at the beginning of every single episode, mankind has discovered a new dimension. The dimension W. And I guess it's parallel with, like, the X axis or something. I don't know. Um, but it's a new dimension. And from that discovery of the new dimension, they have discovered an unending supply of power. And so they create, like, all these... These uh, kind of reactors in different locations of the Earth. I think it said like 12 or something like that all around the world. And each one of them supplies power to the, the locals through these things called coils. Um, but there is another kind of... There's people that are actually creating what are known as illegal coils. And these illegal coils uh, supposedly are dangerous. They shouldn't be used. Um, and so they employ certain people to go out there and and kind of put a stop to them. They they have the new Tesla company, which is the ones that actually do the coils. Uh, they have their own kind of... They almost have like a government to them, so they almost kind of control a lot of things because they are the, the central source of power. Um, and they'll send people out there to stop. But they also employ other groups to kind of do... to hunt for these illegal coils in the Shroud of Darkness, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we follow Kyoma, who really, really hates coils um, for reasons that we've yet to kind of fully dive into. Um, but he works for a lady named Marie, who basically pays him to go out there and hunt for these illegal coils, gather them, and come back. And if he, however many he brings in, he bring he gets money for them, whatever. And at some point while he's doing his job, he ends up running into this girl named Mira. And Mira is a cyborg girl who has some kind of connection to a very, very smart scientist who is currently running from the new Tesla energy company. And after kind of some situation happens where this group was working with the illegal coils and they stopped them, uh, he is kind of has this miracle kind of thrown on him because uh, when they get back to Marie's place, Marie kind of just says, you're going to have this girl work with you because Mira basically really, really wants to hunt for illegal coils because she believes that's the best way that she can, you know, fulfill what her father wanted her to do, her, her maker to do. And so Marie just says, you're going to have this Marie, Marie, Mira girl work with you, so deal with it kind of thing. And so he's stuck with this robot girl, doesn't really like the robot girl because she's powered by a coil or whatever, I don't know, uh, because she's an android. He doesn't like him. So you're kind of following them as they go around and, and hunt all these illegal coils. And in the background, you kind of learn about this, uh, where Kyoma, where he got his abilities from, why he doesn't like coils, this whole kind of numbers coil uh, system that 
is kind of hinted at in the background. So there's kind of the really cool stuff in the background that's happening at the same time that you're doing this illegal coil hunting thing. Um, but so far, it's been really enjoyable. I think the the animation is really great. The the sound is really great. The the action's great. Uh, the chemistry between uh, Kyoma and Mira is just excellent because you have this very stone face, no nonsense, get the job done kind of guy with this girl who is just wanting to this this Mira android girl who just kind of is more up upbeat. She's more cheery. She has a lot of life to her. And so they kind of butt heads all the time, and that chemistry works out really well. And uh, just just so far, this, this the developments that are happening with each episode has been enough to kind of keep the background story going while just kind of keeping each episode also pretty well contained as well. I, I absolutely love this. I'm so happy that Funimation was involved with this one, and we're, we've got a show that we can truly say, hey, guys, you're going to love it. Uh, go watch it, support Funimation on this one so that they they can see that there is something here that they can actually do if they want to. I'm so happy that it's a show that's actually working and working well. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see the end of this. I love Mira. I love Kyoma. I absolutely adore the fighting scene so far. I can't wait to see them fighting as a true team. Um, I'm interested in the Batgirl. Love loser. <laughs> well, Elizabeth. you don't have her name down here. So. I took her name off because we didn't meet her yet in episode three when we were going to do the first impression on it last week. And yeah, we just met her this episode. And her name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Um, I, I don't you should really be looking into people. <laughs> <laughs> Love loser, though. Loser was awesome. Just when they when they popped up, they they described loser as this guy who goes out and does things. He never gets the thing. He's never successful. He's totally the most flashy told tells everybody where he's going to do his stuff. Just made a huge show out of his his thing. It was so great. I loved it. I I absolutely am in love with this show. I wonder what it is about Japan in that. I wonder what it is in Japan in that kind of character because there's a lot of stories that they have the the criminal always reveals what they're going to do beforehand and they get excitement out of. Well, not necessarily in his case that he gets the excitement. There's an all, a whole different reason for what he's doing, but the the premise is still the same. A a thief who tells people what he's going to steal before he steals it. It like. Uh, I think uh, None on His Buried Treasure had that. Um, Joker, I think, was that way. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many. I think Lupin or somebody involving Lupin does the same thing. Yeah, it's like this 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 thief telling what they're gonna do before they do it, and it, I see it often. I wonder if there's just a. I wonder why that's just a common thing that they do. That was just a random thought. But yeah. Is that all you had? Yeah. Kind of interrupting. No. Okay. Just I I love it. I I. I highly suggest going out and supporting this. This is the Funimation one. I'm glad it's doing great. It's knocking it out of the park. Guys, go and support this. Make sure that you you put your 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 two cents in on this show. And just be co- to and clarify, enjoy the show while you're at it. To clarify, Funimation's on the community for it, committee for it, so it's not like they're producing it, but it is going to be something that they're putting money forward, and they will get that that feedback. So. Definitely, definitely cool, and I, I'm I'm with him. I definitely think that's it's great to have a show like this to be one of those ones to kick things off. And because we had a lot of fears of what that they their involvement would be with that, and it's good to see that Funimation is grabbing something like this because we had this recent stuff with uh, 
Anaplex regaining a lot of licenses, and there's this fear of what Funimation is going to do, not having things like Full Metal Alchemist and stuff under their their umbrella. So this is something that I think that is a direct response to that: is let's get something that we we say this is honestly going to come to us in America, and we're going to have control of it, and we can't lose it or something like that. So definitely cool. So yeah, moving forward, let's go into BBK. B-R-N-K or Bubuki Brunki. Bronki. Yeah, this is a show on Crunchyroll. Uh, we're on episode 5 of it, and it follows a boy named Ozma, who has just... Well, I, I guess following Ozma is not really good to start off with. Uh, it, it's essentially in a world where uh, there are these titan things called Bronkis who are on this, what they call the Treasure Island. is a floating island above the land, and these uh, bronchies are kind of slumbering on this island, and they are only kept in check by uh, this lady who is Azuma Kazuki's mother, who is kind of keeping them in check, keeping them from leaving the island or moving around. And at some point, uh, because Azuma and his sister were kind of messing around with uh, the uh, bronchi that are in, or this particular one, Ubu. Ubu's kind of in slumber down there, and his sister, Ozma's sister, is trying to uh, learn how to use the abilities that her, her mother has so that her mother can no longer have to do that. She wants to help her mother because her mother's getting sick. And out, out while they're doing this, they, all the Barunki start waking up. Um, they all start moving. The mother kind of evacuates the two of them with the father down to the surface, and she stays behind to keep them in check. And it kind of fast forwards uh, by, I think, 10 years, and you start to see that the world has uh, kind of changed quite a bit. Uh, they all blame the mother for these uh, bronchies falling to the uh, surface. Uh, they call her a witch. Um, they're hunting down Azuma because they believe that he has uh, this heart for Ubu. And it kind of later on, you kind of start seeing more into the world and how it's kind of working. You have this entire... Uh, lineage of uh, what they call Bubinki users. Uh, Bubinki users are basically each one of these people in their particular family lineage will have a particular weapon handed down to them over time. Uh, some have like uh, a hand weapon, a right hand weapon. Some will have a left hand weapon. Some will be passed down a heart. And what these basically do is over time, uh, if they are called into action, these are these come together to create a uh, a baronki that is controlled by all these coming together as their different parts of the the unit itself. And there's this long heritage of Ozma's family, and particularly in this case with this current time frame, uh, what was the other lady called? I can't remember. Banru Banru's family, who have been kind of butting heads throughout generations. And this is kind of the moment where that's kind of that butting of heads is happening again. Bonru's on the move. She's, while they were up on this treasure island, Bonru was uh, basically making her move to the front stage. Usually these battles always happen behind the scenes. Bonru's taking the front stage. And Bonru is, uh, she controls one of these uh, these titans, uh, I forgot what the name of it was. But she controls one of these large-sized titan things and she's taking down all these titans that are falling from this treasure island and she's kind of strong-armed the government and 
shown that she is the most strongest and that has turned this kind of society down and crumbles. Um, that's kind of the world they're in. And so Azuma is now joining with all these other uh, Bubuki users and are trying to somehow fight back against Banru. And as during that time, you're kind of seeing the how the systems work and everything kind of moving behind the scenes. This show has a lot to unpack, and that's what I kind of like about it. Uh, coming into it, I definitely was afraid of it because of the, the CG. But they do use a really good type of uh, cell-shaded CG, so it looks really nice. Uh, looks really cool in motion. A lot mm. of the battle scenes are really cool. The the sound is just really impactful and great. I like the sound. The director does a lot of uh, a lot of episode directing, and he's big into key animation. He's a big time key animator. Yeah, there was a, that was one of the fascinating things because going into this, I just seen the animation and w- was looking like a cool action show. And then as I started watching and I'm starting to see everybody talking about it, I'm like, I thought this would be one that everybody would discard. I'm seeing that people are talking about like the guy that illustrates the backgrounds and, and all the art and stuff behind it. And there's like all these big names that are kind of behind the scenes on this one. You were saying uh, uh, Kill a Kill he's a, was involved. He's, he's big kill on Kill a Kill and he is, I, I see Kill a Kill vibes all through this show. So it has like a lot of really cool names behind it. We like a lot of the voice actors behind there. We n- mentioned uh, Nicholas's voices in there, um, but it's just, it's a, a show that just really took me by surprise because it could have been just a simple kind of fighting and then turn into mecha type show with the Titans and stuff. But it it's doing some really cool things with the characters. There's a lot of really cool interactions. There's a cool uh subplots underneath there like all that stuff i kind of dived into with this whole lineage of these uh babunkis or babuki users are really cool i will say with the last two episodes i've been a little bit hesitant on the show because it started to kind of morph into a okay so each one of these uh different parts of this titan that they're developing like each this one girl has a the right hand she has to fight the right hand of banru's group Okay, now the left hand uh, has to fight the other left hand. They and they're forced to duel each other with this whole dueling system. I'm afraid of that part. I I really hope this doesn't turn into okay. The next four episodes or five episodes, we have to have each one of them fight one by one, one by one. Let's get into their story one by one. I'm hoping that they will stop doing that so literally and just it it does it just feels like everything has stopped and now we're dueling each one of them one by one. And we're getting into each character one by one. And that's really my only hesitation on the show. Outside of that, I have been loving everything about it, especially the action, the the sound, everything. Uh, there's a few interactions between some of the characters. Like, Nono's kind of gotten annoying. He's this guy that has a spear. He's and he so butts heads. He butts, head with, he butts heads with Azuma a lot. And that's kind of getting old by this point. It really <laughs> needs to stop. Uh, they keep hitting on this fact of, do the Babukis have... Uh, personalities and would be upset about you doing this. No, they don't have feelings. They're just weapons or tools. That stuff is kind of getting real old. Um, but outside of those two little issues or three, technically, I'm I'm loving the show. I love the style. I love the characters. I love the even the 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 antagonist with Bonru and like Shuzuka and the the weird crazy guy we had in this last episode. They're just cool stuff. There's some interesting stuff underneath here that's. Uh, I think going to be probably missed by a lot of people. Hopefully not, um, but that's my assumption. I uh, yeah, I I 
would pretty much be repeating a lot of what Andrew said. I, I, I love the characters. I love the artwork. Um, CJ is hit and miss here and there, but it's consistent at least. Every now and then it looks wonky, but especially when they were kids, <laughs> that was like big, huge heads and small. I bodies. say it's consistent, and Andrew goes and points out it does look wonky here and there. Oh, thanks. Well, you said you said it's okay, <laughs> and then you said it's consistent. You said two different two different things there. Um, the uh, I I kind of I'm not as turned off by the um. By the at, at this point, it's pretty much turned into a duel per episode so far. Um, and I, I, I'm for two I don't episodes, say, I'd probably say it probably, it's probably gonna turn five episodes of it. Yeah, if, it's, if, it's 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 five body parts. Yeah. Um, and I'm 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 I don't want to say I'm I'm completely on board with it, but at the same time, it's it's obvious that's what they're gonna do with it, and I'm I'm fine with it because. It, during this episode, I really truly seen. See, they had it in the last episode, and I was like, "I okay." I because it, it got into um, one of the characters' backstory, and I was like, "Okay, that's interesting. I want more out of it." But I'm fine with it. And then when they went into this episode, and you can see that they're going to go into back episode backstories on this character, so that's how they're going to do it with every episode from here on. So, uh, yeah, they've already set up the third characters already. They're getting ready to go and hit bump heads already. So, and they're probably going to go into their backstory. And well, that's, I, that's, that's the kind of cheesy thing about it is technically like, it's very convenient that both the right hands from both sides know each other. Um, both the people for the left hands know each other. Uh, both the people that, um, what was, what was, no, no, he was the head. He's the head. Both the heads know each other. It's like, that's kind of convenient. Did they say that they know each other? Uh, yeah, because she was the resistance force that he knew this entire time. She was using them. So he they, okay, he's known so her he's for a long gonna, time. So he's going to bash, beat heads with her yeah. on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, my, 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 main, my main thing is that he, the, the backstories, it kind of gives me a little bit more interest in the these battles. I... I'm not too bothered by it. I, but I do think I do kind of agree with Andrew. It's kind of a cheesy way to, if you set up a set up a formula and then you start going with that formula and then you're like, okay, eh, I don't know that I like that, but at the same time, they're all lined up. I think I'm ready to take turns. (laughs) I I mean, I could I could pretty much say, okay, we got no no. So next one's probably gonna be Shizuru after no no. Um, and then we're going to have the big battle between Azuma and Ryoko. Uh, so how, how are we going to do that part is, is that's up in the air. So we only have at least two more characters that we got to go through this. One. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want to sound too negative because it's not, I liked, yeah. I liked Kogane's and, and Shizuka's story. I mean, it was, yeah, I might feel slightly, uh, typical, but it had a cool little element to it. Going into Kanoa, I didn't think her whole story would be that interesting. It turned out to be a pretty interesting story. I mean, it wasn't blow your mind, but it was a a pretty weird and kind of realistic story to it, I guess you could say. So and, it's and that's, and that's not like I don't like the stories. It's just that yeah. it just feels like 
we're in a we're in a line now we're in a now we're in a they're loop. cool stories they're cool loop, fights but they yeah. are in a line <laughs> and that's and that's really kind of what i was trying to say is i'm not turned off by it but at the same time i can kind of agree with andrew it is it is now set up as a loop and now we're gonna go through each one of the characters okay now now we get up to the main guys and we'll, we'll see how how they're going to deal with that are they going to put all the uh booby keys together to make the big uh Baronki fight or are we just going to have the two hearts fight each other out i i don't know that'll be an interesting one to see and then hopefully after that's all done they'll do the big big fight with the bad guy and then we'll go into uh you find out what happened to sis- the sister the sister then we'll <laughs> finally we'll find, find out, out about the sister, sister. <laughs> I'm still. I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'd, I'm. I'm just gonna wait till it just happens. But I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. What happened to the sister? What happened to the dad? I mean, there's the other question. Where's the dad at? Uh, I think the dad stayed up there with the mom. No, they went in the thing together and they went down. Cause he got shot, didn't he? No, something happened to Why him did on he the way shot? out. Uh, they, he something happened to him on the way Who out. Shoot him. Not, he did not get into the robot with the kids. I, I do know that. I think he did. We're gonna we're gonna have to verify <laughs> that afterwards. Um, yeah, uh, I I had I had a thing that I was gonna bring up at the end there, but I totally forgot. But yeah, I, I I'm enjoying a lot of it, so it's it's definitely something I would suggest. Oh yeah, I was I got total like Power Rangers vibes from them making the the Ubo thing together with like the fact that they were all in each part of it and they were. It wasn't like, you know, get into Zoid and get inside this vehicle and they attach and they all come together in the middle. They're like hanging out on the arms and they're hanging down on the feet and they're just Which like. Which I do kind of like that's, that. That's what I'm saying is like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's turning the Power Rangers. Then it starts going. I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. They each, they each control each part of it and they're out and the fight was cool. I mean, it didn't drag out. It was a really cool little scene. But one, one thing I have to absolutely say, I pointed this out to Andrew. No, no, is absolutely Blue Ranger. He is so Blue Ranger material. <laughs> he is the he's the guy who wants to be the he he's the super smart. I'm the leader guy. I I I'm I I'm I'm the head, so I'm the smart one. So therefore, I'm the leader. But he's really not the leader. He just everybody just goes, yeah, whatever, dude. Well, because you're the leader for right now. <laughs> we all know that Ozma's the leader. It's so. <laughs> always trumped in the end by the Green Ranger, anyways, because the Green Ranger goes on top of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Power Ranger references. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely suggest it. It's a cool little show. Um, I'm I'm hoping that it pans out pretty well. So, moving awesome forward, so the red, he's real leader. He's heart. Yeah, he's the heart. It's wake, always wake, the wake same up, wake thing. Up your heartbeat. Wake Blue up your heartbeat. thinks he's the leader, but red really is the leader. It's always about the heart, not the mind. It's always about the heart. Heart. And he's always going out and hugging everybody. He didn't hug. He didn't <laughs> hug. So, no, no. He's so awkwardly <laughs> hugging everybody. It's like so awesome. No, he's only hugged two people. He's only hugged. Uh, he's gonna go Kagane out and, and hug. And he's Kanoa. gonna go and he's gonna go and hug Ryoka, and that's gonna mess her up. You know, that'd be awesome. Right? If you hugged Bonru, that if you hugged Bonru, that would be awesome. He needs to hug Bonru. He should have hugged uh, Nicholas. That would have been cool. <laughs> hey, kitty, kitty. What, what's she call? What do you call her? Uh, I think he called her Kitty something or something like Kitty. that. Something Kitty. Kitty Chan or Kitty, something. Yeah, a little Kitty Necro or um, But yeah, let's, uh, let's move forward. We have our... We have two more. We Is have Nurse Kone Witch. Chan? Chan sounds right, yeah. Uh, Nurse Witch. And then he says it in, in Nicholas's voice. So it's yes. like, 
Koneko-chan. <laughs> Nurse Witch Kumu, uh, Komugi R, which is currently streaming on Crunchyroll. We're on episode four of it. And this is a show, it's a, it's a magical girl. And they gather cards, and shenanigans happens. I think Chris and me came to, I, th- I think it was mostly Chris, came to the conclusion that fits perfect with the show. It's an old-style magical girl, and that's pretty much what it is. There is no... It is not trying to do anything particular. It's not trying to blow binds. This is not Madoka Magica, of course. It is a old-school magical girl comedy, and that is really all it is. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't do anything uh, dangerous, not changing anything. Um I I like the characters. I think that they do fine, each one of them. I I do think they need to hurry up and get over this. Nobody can know who anybody else is. That's just flat out annoying. Yeah, but if they do, then they lose their powers. Yeah, (laughs) they need to hurry up and get over all that crap. That's about the only thing that's kind of annoying, because they're best friends, and they don't know each other when they're in their magical girl outfits. So yeah, you have, you have like Kamugi who is the daughter of a family of, uh, of doctors and you have Kokona who is a idol slash sometimes actor. You did get a kick out of her. Becomes a maid. Total change in personality. <laughs> uh, and then Sukasa who is an actor who is always forced <laughs> to do kind of, Boy tomboy, roles. tomboy characters. Um, but she wants to be she pretty. She wants to be pretty. <laughs> she likes frilly things in her private room. Um, who kind of absolutely that's, that's love that. One of the, the cute things about this show is you have like uh, Komugi, who is usually a klutz character, is a standard type of magical girl main character, being klutzy. Um, she got the nurse aspect to her bunny outfit, and then you have like Kokona, who is usually very reserved, who is doing doing the idle stuff and everything. Um, just becomes like this crazy different person when she becomes <laughs> a magical girl. And then you have like Sakasa, who I think is probably the one of the main, one of the characters that changed a lot of the flavor of the show really quickly is because you had it very formulaic and then you had Sakasa come in and she had this aspect of being, uh, forced to do these particular roles as an actor and then wanting to be something else, having this, uh, this wanting to be noticed by a certain person as a beautiful person and she kind of lets that out when she transforms and becomes you know long-haired beautiful very uh pretty versus being just this this t- typical boy role that she's usually had to force to be done um that's kind of a cool element the episode four i really enjoyed um the first three episodes i was like yeah i kind of enjoy sukasa's uh first episode and then four episodes the fourth episode i'm like wow that was a really entertaining episode we're keep doing this kind of stuff so it has turned around for me with the fourth episode we'll see if it kind of keeps going with that um but i thought the fourth episode was really entertaining yeah i i would i would say about three out of four uh episodes worked really well for me the first episode i was eh, okay and then second episode when they introduced uh uh the maid i and forward i was pretty much on board with this show so Take that for what it is. I I like the characters. I I like the interesting style that they're doing here. It's it's like like Andrew was saying. It feels very old school magical girl. It's not doing anything special. Um, it's just it just what it is. The other interesting thing is that the the voice actresses are very very new. I think Komogi, the main character, this is her first role. 
Yeah. I I really like Komagi's voice. I think she's a, a very adorable voice. But it was it's just kind of funny that each of these characters are these are new roles for them. I'm not sure if that was for purpose. Um but definitely definitely cool seeing new voices come in that have some unique to. I think the show visually does okay. There's a, there's certain points which I think it just doesn't seem like they put much effort into it. But I like the style to the characters. I love I love Komagi's uh character design. I think it's really cute. Um but that's really all I can say for it. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, there's switch to Komaki. R. Moving forward, we have our last one, which I won't be able to do much on because. Do I need is... to leave the room? No, that's why I'm not going to take very long. Uh, this is Dudada X2 Ketsu or Third Arc. It's currently streaming on Crunchyroll, Hulu, and Funimation. Is that a spoiler Sorry, right there? What? Is that a spoiler on the screen? What's what? why are you trying to spoil I things for me? I don't know what's on the screen. A spoiler? <laughs> what would be nothing on there? Spoiler for you? No, nothing there. Spoiler for you. Um, unless you're one of those people that say, "I see that character. That I know that character lasts until now." Then you can, then yeah. I guess, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really liking this season. Uh, I know that uh, with the last season, which was ten or the second arc, uh, it kind of started getting really kind of meh it, it was a very slow arc um but i think that's mainly because of what a lot of people probably pointed out that second arc of the second season was a lot of build up to what we're experiencing now it was a lot of building foundations for what is going on right now which is pretty much everything crap wise is hitting every fan in the room and things are flying everywhere and we're trying to figure out where it all They've goes. They've been building up lots of crap in the shooter. And yeah, now, they're, and now they're they just pushed it. Blowing pushed it all it, up. Yeah. Uh, getting into Henri's uh, Saika, getting into Selty, uh, bringing this particular object to the forefront that has been in the background for the last, uh, was it five arcs or cores now? I have a feeling I know what happened. And that now I know why... You sent me the message earlier. No, it's not that. Something. It's else. not that. Something else. <laughs> I, I I assume that you, I I sent him a message saying that somebody went crazy and he assumed one reason, but there is another reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really cool in that regard. I I'm liking seeing everything finally come to a head. All the 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 puzzle pieces are finally coming together. Um, I'm hoping that we get a just a knock it out of the park ending to this because everything has really been building up to this point. I'm really excited to see where it's going. So pretty much all I can really say that's not going to be spoiler because we're now, like I said, five or so cores into this is that the last core was disappointing going into this core. Everything is coming to a front and it's all coming to a really cool and exciting conclusion. So we'll, we'll see where it goes from here, but yeah, cool stuff. It's a great series overall. So it's definitely something that I recommend to anybody uh, going into and Chris will eventually get caught up. You, you finished the first season, right? No, I'm almost done with My it. My gosh! I thought it was a 12-episode season, but apparently no. it's 24 episodes yeah. season, so it's it, it it doubled the amount of time it was going to take for me to catch up. Yeah, and then, I, like I said, I think uh, I think 10 was 12 episodes, and then uh, Sha was 12 episodes. Yeah, so 24, 12, 12, 12. Yeah, I'm, right now I'm at like 17 right now. Yeah. You're getting there. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. I'll eventually get there. Um, but yeah, that's... <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the only thing I love about this is Salty and the style. I, 
I don't care for the 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 characters are off the wall and it's this it's okay. It's it's okay as far as that's concerned, but the story just still doesn't get me, so a bunch of crazy people in a metropolitan area. That's, that's what's it. great about that's it. That's what what great about is. it. That's what's great about it. A bunch of crazy characters. And there's a lolly now, and she has a taser. And that's what I she, ha- she has. Lolly's to- not there in the first 24 episodes. What good is the lolly going to do for me? That's that's the sh- that's the first core of the second season. You have to be excited about that. <laughs> Even though you said that she's a horrible person and worth slapping. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. I said there's a reason why he didn't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, that's all we have for this. So I, I we do have the multi cores, which is like uh, Gundam, um, heavy object, and Utawaramono. I'm not sure if you want to do maybe a, a mid season review of that later. Um, but yeah, I mean Actually, we can do a quick yes or no. Yay, Utawaramono is finally finally kicking it off and finally getting to the point. Yeah. <laughs> but then the, the thing about Utuwara, and we, I guess we're doing it anyways. Uh, yeah, Utuwara Mono, uh, we're on, I think, episode 15, I want to think. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's one of those, it, it, what's difficult is it's like, yeah, we had that first core of like, okay, this is the frilly stuff, that's that's fine, we're, we're getting other characters. And I'm like, ooh, second core, we're going to get into the serious stuff. And then it, it takes a step back, and then it goes a step forward, and it goes a step back. And then it just like, mind dump stuff like oh my gosh so here's all the stuff in the background i was like ooh, so that's how it's connected to the original utuara mono Ooh, okay there's a lot of connections we can do so yeah it was, it was yeah cool. i i absolutely loved it um it's 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 frustrating because it's one of those shows that it's like i to suggest this, I would have to explain, hey, you got to slog through. I didn't mind it. I oh, loved yeah. it. Um, but I do know that a lot of people have a hard time with a lot of stuff like that. So I I would have to effectively say you're going to have to go through 15 episodes of cutesy, frilly stuff before you actually get to the meat of the show. So take that for what it is. I I think it's worth it, but not everybody will. Especially in this world of everything Moe is equals evil, so <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you I think you bring up a good point. I, I it's one of those ones where as we were watching the first core, it was like we were enjoying it because we love the character designs. We love that goofy antics they were having. Um it was a lot of best waifu building kind of stuff. It was it was just fun. It was fun, it was cute, it was fun. And like I said, it was also kind of in the background, you have this constant thought of, well, they're actually kind of developing something behind the scenes. And it kind of, you kind of see that come to a front with the second core. You're like, okay, wow. So this is why he's seen as important. And it starts diving into that backstory stuff. That is, if you're a big fan of Utuaramona back in the day, or you watched it back in the day, you're able to make those connections. So I kind of wonder if somebody that didn't watch the old show, if they would get as much of a kick out of that last episode that we did. No. There's no way. Because it, it just, it seemed like... Absolutely no way. There's, it, I think there would be three people. One is going to be the people are like, eh, wow, that's a big stretch. I, and they didn't watch the first season, or the first uh, show. And there's going to be the people that are, we're, we're kind of mixed with both of them, or I was mixed with both of them. I was in that mixer of, I'm constantly going, be careful, ooh, be careful what you're doing, because you're going to break something with the old show. And then at the end, it's like, 
yeah, I kind of put this together. That's cool. There's a few plot holes in there that I think they might or may not dig or fill in, but that's cool. I like that. But, yeah, I, I just... I got a kick out of it when there was one thing that was mentioned at... I What was it? Like, five minutes into that episode, and both of me and Andrew stopped dead in the middle of the episode, paused it, and we were like, I totally didn't catch that <laughs> and it was like yes. i knew it was it was one of those things that it made perfect sense when he said it we knew it we looked at it and we were like andrew's like i always wondered why him and it, i'm like yeah me too i always wondered why him and it was like and we totally caught it when he said it and it was like dude this is so true <laughs> can't believe we didn't notice that no it was one it was also one of those things where i'm going should I say that I completely missed that? Because Chris might turn to me and go, what the hell, I knew that a long time ago. Because <laughs> it was one of those, it was, uh, what, what's the term? Because you can't say it. Yeah, hidden in the open. I forget the exact term, but it's like hidden in the open or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was it was, it was was kind of funny and cool at the same time. But yeah, it was it's 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 a fun show, but I, I definitely see it being lost by a lot of people. I, I hope that it kind of gets to the point of the current time, which I think they will because they've, pretty much said here this is why you're important dude and that would have to lead to something so we'll, i guess we'll see with uh, the episode that's currently available for us to watch right now but we're not watching because we're recording uh next one yeah uh heavy object i think this is another one we're on probably 16 i think now um but yeah it's i think the show is has its ups and downs in that I enjoy it for what it's doing, but I also acknowledge that it's not doing many other things. I, I like it because it's a show about, okay, in this world, heavy objects are, these big, huge tank-looking things are the new way of fighting wars. We no longer need platoon members. And they're fighting to, they're, they're, you have these characters who are, you know, one's an engineer and one's a soldier. And they're figuring out ways to take down these heavy objects. So it's returning to this world the idea that, hey, your footmen, you know, can change the ties of wars again. And that's what's cool about this show is it, it's it got that element to it. The It's very heavy dialogue. It's still heavy dialogue. Um, and that interaction, I, I, I like that interaction. I like the spouts between each other. I like this long dialogue of, it It kind of reminds me of uh, Bakemonogatari, but it's a different type of humor. It's a very uh, stat-filled, but at the same time, snarky comments kind of uh, dialogue. But I also see there's a major problem that still remains to the show, even at, like, episode 16, is that you have... Yeah, you're doing a good job with, with Quithar. You're doing a good job with Javia and uh, Froyatia. These characters are doing a good job with them. We're moving forward. We're doing all these cool little... Some of the tank, some of the object fights are kind of like, eh, that was really nothing. Then you have other ones that are really cool, very gripping uh, ways of of the that the fight progresses. And then you have this constant perspective back to this girl named Hime that <laughs> doesn't really seem to do anything. Like they keep looking at her, and it's like, why are you looking at her? You're not doing anything with her. Why do you keep showing me her? And so it's like. I I'm, I'm with Chris. I want to see this girl do something. I want her, I want to see her moment to shine, 
and we were hoping that it would have been a lot sooner. I think we even joked in our first impression that it was probably going to wait until the last episode until finally have our moment. <laughs> we're getting there. We're almost, <laughs> we're almost there. And that's, that's the only frustrating thing about me. Other than that, like I said, there's a few of them that kind of, there's a lot of stuff that goes over my head because it's a lot of dialogue flying with some political intrigue here and there. But for the most part, I'm enjoying the show for what it's doing besides the fact that they keep pointing at this this one ace, uh, not, they didn't really say ace, but this this Hime from this platoon that hasn't done anything. And that's that's the only really upsetting part about this. Is it Kenny dangling it here? And I'm waiting for her to have a moment, but she's never going to have a moment. I... I uh, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to save my little joke for a little bit later, but yeah, the uh, I I one of the things that we kind of went into this going, you know, we're we're I'm okay with the idea of having these two guys and having them off to the side. This is this is effectively an unmecha mecha, is really what this is. It's these two guys and how they combat mechas. And we've gotten that for 16, 17 episodes. And now I'm strangely wanting to see them kind of battle. And yeah, I kind of get it here, kind of get it there. And the last episode I got, or was it last episode or the episode before we got a pretty good little scene of a battle of them too. Well, not the one that we just watched. It would have been before that. Yeah. And, and, and it was, I thought it was, Almost way cool. Um, but yeah, I agree with Andrew. It's, it's kind of like you, you get to this point where all they would really be doing is circling around each other. But in a way, I, I, I'm almost okay with that to a point. I, just to see them do something at, at this point. Um, and it really, it's, it's kind of funny that I've gotten to this point where they've built these things up so much that net, or they've, they've, diminish these things so much it almost effectively that now I kind of want to see why why are they so great <laughs> so I'm kind of actually flipped on this and it's really weird um but I I do I have to point out I absolutely love the twist of the season was G cup <laughs> well, it was well, well, the, my response to Chris when he was saying that was like yes I really want to see Hime battle. That's really the only thing I was going for. It was like, I don't want to see objects battle. I just want to see Hime battle. I want to see her her, her have her moment. Because the, the truth of it is that they've, the way that they've created this world and these objects, they've kind of pigeonholed themselves. Like, you can't really have these things go all out on the battlefield because they're so huge. There's not much you can do with them. It's kind of like watching battlefield footage of tanks just firing their cannons over and over again it's like there's really nothing they it's not like they're gonna move dynamically and look really cool and And, and, cool darting left and right it's just they're shooting battle uh battleships they're just shooting and 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 both of us pointed out the idea of you know one of the one of the frustrating things is they they and because i was pointing out the fact that no if they were out in an open area like on the ocean, the ocean would would have been right. one of the best spots. <laughs> but you know, or on a great huge field of planes, and and, and Andrew's like, well, they they never put them there. And I agree. That is ninety nine percent of the problem. They keep putting them in urban environments. What the heck is yeah, the point of putting these things in, in an uh, urban environment? Like some canyon <laughs> or in area. canyons. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, the the I. 
so I agree. It, it, there, you can't really make these things shine in 99% of the battlefields that these things... I don't understand what's the point of these things being that big for 99% of battlefields. <laughs> That's what's right about it, is that we're actually watching them make this transition. This is where we came into it, where they were just basically two big, solid objects. They fired at each other. The only thing that could touch each other was each other. So they were their own tools against each other. Nothing else would be able to 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 effectively uh, disarm them. And then they're changing that battlefield. I like how they actually at some point addressed the idea of, look, we can't have you guys doing this because you're making the foot soldiers believe that they can stand up again. You're, you're making these, these countries think that they can stand up to these big objects again. We can't have that. And it was like, wow, they actually acknowledge that. That's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it still. And, uh, and, and, and as you can really tell, I'm enjoying myself watching this because I mean, I wouldn't have this much to say about it if I wasn't enjoying it. Really? Yeah, we're both enjoying it. Um, but yeah, well, hopefully he may, will have her moment. <laughs> G cup. Spoiler. Best spoiler. Episode. He may has not had her moment yet. We're in episode 16 or whatever. <laughs> uh, we got, we got what? Eight episodes left or so. So come on, do it. You can do it. Come on. He may. Uh, the last one we have is uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans. Um, yeah, it's this show is definitely keeping keeping top notch for me. I'm I've enjoyed it all the way through. Um, it's continuing to kind of, I would say probably somewhere in the middle there. There was a it seemed like there was a little bit of a slump, but it it kept me entertained throughout that. Even though, but now we're getting really into Cadelia. We're getting into the rebellion that they're kind of trying to stir up, and. I'm hoping we're... You're seeing the pieces start to move. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of all coming together. It's kind of coming that, that crust. And I I was a little upset to kind of find out they have this one element behind the scenes. Um, I don't really know what I can say without being spoilery, so I'm just going to say there's something behind the scenes that kind of was in play against her, which really upset me, but uh, this storytelling... And it's not, it's not like it was a broken element to the storytelling. It's just it upset me that they they put that story element into play, even though it is a story element. Um, but it's cool. I, I've been enjoying it. Um, I liked seeing this shift from uh, in the recent episodes, the shift from the the Mikazuki and all and the other the other members, and more into Cadelia. I'm liking seeing Cadelia finally having her moment to kind of shine because she did feel like she was a baggage throughout the rest of the the show so far so seeing her finally take the forefront is what i've been kind of excited about for a while but yeah it's, it's been it's been fun yeah i'm i i'm i feel like i'm i'm really starting to truly start to like the show um it's taken a long time to get me to this point i mean i yeah it was it for me it took me forever to get a get get to the point where i enjoyed the story and then finally it took me a while to get attached to the characters and then now i'm finally getting to the point where i see motivations i'm seeing things but at the same time i still have this this hesitation with it and so i i do like it for what it is i it's it's the first mecca that i'm truly liking if 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 there's no other better way to put it so if that tells you anything i've i've never had a mecca that i've truly enjoyed and this is one so we've enjoyed on mecha meccas but this is the first mecca that's not a mecha mecca that it, especially <laughs> one that actually has the name gundam in it so 
I that I you're gonna get us flamed. Stop! <laughs> you're gonna get us flamed. It probably is the worst Gundam ever, according to like ninety nine percent. But I I I I do like it. It's Gundam, and I'm I'm. Have the, have I like the, that. Are the Gundam people not liking this one? No, I think that they're actually enjoying it right now. Okay, good. So far, it, apparently, <laughs> I would Re- hate to like Re- a Gundam, Gundam, Gundam people don't Re- like. Gundam is can die in a fire, but this one oh, is okay. That's, that's everybody. Everybody <laughs> says that. Everybody says that. Um, but yeah, it's it's been definitely a, a great show. I've been enjoying it a lot, and it's nice that we've actually have access to it. Because it's like on every single network, I would list you, but the, like every single one of them has it. Daisuke has it. Funimation has it. Crunchyroll has it. Hulu has it. It's everywhere. Uh, good luck finding which one's the closest one up to date, because I think it's Hulu, and I hate their subtitles on there, so I end up waiting a week and watching it on Funimation, I think. It's fun stuff. I'm just glad to have it, so. Uh, definitely check it out. It's a good story. Uh, a lot of really good emotional moments, a lot of really cool character developments. Uh, the world's huge. It keeps expanding, and it, like I said, it definitely looks like it's coming to a front where, thankfully, Cordelia's finally has a purpose so it's cool stuff um but yeah that are we done is there any is there anything else i guess we can mention uh tabi machi late show it technically concluded right so we have to kind of review that one and then we also have uh uh, what was the other one jake and jake and mess note casey actually concluded in an odd place as well so we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do there i think what we'll do is there's another there's a movie that uh, kind of just aired on Crunchyroll, so we might just go ahead and do all three at the same time. Sounds good. Not. Stay tuned for that. We thank you all for listening. That's all we have. That's our winter 2016 first impressions. Uh, and that kind of That's ran what, two and a half time. hours? Yeah, we, we got pretty close. <laughs> we got pretty close. Uh, but we thank you all for listening. We hope you all enjoyed. Definitely let us know what you're excited about this season so far in the comments on our forums on otakuspirit.com or just send us a tweet, whatever you want to do. It's fine. But we thank you all for listening. We hope you all enjoyed. And you all take care. Peace.